Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the MinMax Show podcast. We are a place about games, friends, and getting better. And I mean, honestly, like whatever else we want, uh, because Ben is on paternity leave, you know, so we can That's just right. well, let's just mix it up. I don't know. I don't have any plans for that, by the way, uh, not to something that's not going to happen i'm kyle illiard i'm covering for the next few weeks and um you know we'll have a mysterious new temporary host that we'll announce at some point or, or maybe it'll just be a surprise i actually I, I genuinely don't know what our plan is there but that's the future right now today i am joined by former and maybe even future min max host kelsey lewin how's it going kelsey hi that's me how does it feel to be in the hot seat it's it's my second time, I think. I did host one time in the past, but I don't know why. I don't know why Ben would have suddenly disappeared for a week and I would have had to host. Uh, Jeff Markyafava is also here. That's me. And Sarah Podzorski, how's it going? Going good. Going good. I, your shirt going is good. like, is it like a classic like Sega? Is that like a Dreamcast shirt or something? Yeah, but that's the PlayStation logo. Yeah, that's <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah they put the PlayStation. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, I like it because it confuses people. It upsets yeah, no, them. it's effective. It like. Do you get any of the like fake gamer girl comments because of this shirt being confusing? No, usually people ask where they can get it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell anyone because we're not sponsored by them. Okay. No freebies. Your printer? Is that where you got it from? <laughs> Oh, see, that's okay. Glomar response there. Neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> okay. Uh, look, today uh, we're going to talk about Pikmin, which uh, is maybe weird and random because like next week will probably be the more proper Pikmin 4 discussion. But I wanted to talk about Pikmin 1 and 2 with Jeff Markyafava this week. Um, we're also going to talk a little bit about uh, the future of E3 or the complete lack of a future of E3. Uh, Final Fantasy 16, Sarah, I want to talk with you about because you haven't talked about it yet. I haven't talked about it yet. I've probably put like, I don't know, eight hours in or something like that. Interesting. That's about where I'm at, too. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess I could I could timestamp it more specifically, but I don't want to spoil anything. Um, and then we'll also we're also going to talk about Story of Seasons, the Harvest Moon game that's not called Harvest Moon, but is Harvest Moon. Is that the that's the accurate res- the description? And, yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a remake of A Wonderful Life, but they can't call it Harvest Moon anymore. So it's a story of seasons, A Wonderful Life. Okay, yeah. You guys are the experts. I, I that's, that's, that's not my jam, but Jeff and Sarah have apparently played it. So, And then, um, Sarah, you've got a couple of Steam Next Fest demos that you want to talk yes, about as well? Yes, I played, played some lovely games during the Steam Next Fest. I'm starting to see Next Fest, Next Fest as like a holiday. Like, it always like comes around for a week, and I'm like, so many like demos to play of games that you're like sort of interested in, but you probably wouldn't check them out otherwise. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, let's, let's dive in. Jeff, you have been playing Pikmin two. Is that right? I have been. Um, and I, I went into it pretty fresh. I'm, I'm one of those people. We were talking about it when we did the Nintendo direct, um, where people were kind of jokingly saying, Oh yeah. Pikmin, you know, it as the, um, the game that came out, Tinykin. It's it's the right. it's the series that's like Tiny King because I think you know like Tiny King is being is becoming the touchstone for many people, and it certainly was for me because I had never played a a Pikmin game before I played Tinykin, uh, and so. But then we you know we got codes for the two remakes that just came out for Pikmin one and two, 
uh, and we split them up. You took one, I took two, and jumped into my first uh, actual, authentic, official Pikmin game. Okay, so you, you had never, you'd never touched those games before, right? No. Okay. I, so I played the original at like a friend's house on GameCube and was Im- like immediately turned off. Like, do not like this. Don't like the timer. Don't like that I have 30 days to beat the game. I walked into a puddle and killed like 50 red Pikmin and I felt terrible. And I was like, nope, not for me. And then Pikmin 2 came out and I played it with a friend. Like we passed the controller and I finished the game that way. And I was kind of like, I had always had this like, sort of opinion of like, yeah, Pikmin's all right, but I don't really like Pikmin. And then Pikmin 3 came out and I played and beat Pikmin 3. And I felt like I had the same opinion where I was like, I don't think I like Pikmin. <laughs> and then I, I got the code for Pikmin 1 and I downloaded it. And with the fully intending to just be like, I'll play for like an hour. This will be nostalgic. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll find, I, I can go back and kind of maybe understand this game that I didn't really understand at the time when it came out. And I ended up beating it. I played the whole game and I got every part because the way the game works is there are 30 parts in like across only like four levels and you don't have to get every part to beat the game. But I got everything over the course of 30 days and it it really has me questioning my sanity of like you planned it. Do I like Pikmin like all these years I've been saying I don't like Pikmin, (laughs) but now at this point I have now played and beaten every Pikmin game. What finally clicked for you? Because it's so weird for the first one to be the one that clicks when, you know, it's know. pretty much unanimously considered, like, not as complete and, I don't know, quality of life good as the other ones. Oh, no, definitely not. Like, the Pikmin are so bad at getting stuck on, like, corners and stuff. Like, you lose so many Pikmin. And, like, I still don't... Not even just Pikmin, but I don't really like games where there is an element of failure in in progress, if that makes sense. Like you Pikmin will die over the course of playing a Pikmin game. And a lot of Pikmin in particular die in Pikmin one because they're very stupid. Like they get progressively better every Pikmin game, but like they'll just walk into the water and die and they get stuck in like a corner and I can't find them. And then the day ends and they die. And it like I I don't like that part of the game. Like I, I feel terrible about it, but I think I think the thing that like clicked for me this time, which I'm I'll be curious to see what my timer says in in ten days. Like I, how long to beat says it's an eight hour game, but I feel like I I beat it in two days, and I don't think I played two four hour sessions. It does not feel like that. Mm. Um, but I think the thing that clicked with me this time is going in with a, a legitimate understanding of what. I'm doing right like normally like in the past I just butted heads with the timer I was like I don't like this I don't want to deal with this I don't like that I have to kill Pikmin to kill this creature but this time I knew that that was part of the gameplay and as a result I ended up just being able to focus on the things that are fun which is just like throwing a million Pikmin in a problem and watching it get solved Mm. so I I guess I like Pikmin I don't (laughs) it's like I'm as surprised (laughs) as anybody how how much did you like Tinykin last year? I loved Tinykin. Tinykin okay. was is like amazing, and ti- it, especially playing them back to back, it it was it's kind of almost unfair to compare Tinykin so directly to Pikmin because Tinykin really is just a really good platformer where the mm-hmm. quote unquote Pikmin sort of function as a tool, where Pikmin is really more of like 
a strategy game where you're sort of thinking ahead about what you need to do. And like, even as the timer counts down for the day, you're like, okay, well, I'm not going to be able to do this today, but maybe I can do this tomorrow. Like that's more Pikmin's vibe. But uh, yeah. yeah. For for me, uh, the first thing that I was surprised by, um, which I don't think it was even a component in Tinykin, um, but then it's, it's something that I, I guess I knew was in the game, but I didn't realize to the extent I didn't understand how much combat there was in mm. terms of like fighting random bugs. And yes, that that like Sarah, I think you, you said that like you found Pikmin traumatized and you wanted to skip yes. this conversation, but we, yes. we forced you to have it anyway. You brought me back in. I, I can't yeah, be but, responsible for those little lives. Yeah, I, I was surprised at how much I am throwing them at enemies and fighting enemies. And then I was I was having a fine time with it and I got to the end of the second level I guess and and there was a giant boss enemy so I was like oh I'll, you know like I've leveled up my pikmin as much as I can in this level and whatnot and I threw you know 100 pikmin out or whatever and then he just rolled over them and in like 5 seconds he had just obliterated all of my pikmin and I immediately closed Brutal. out of it so that it wouldn't save or anything um, and then just avoided that boss completely and finished the level without going near him uh, again. And I I feel like, you know, how fair or not the comparison is to Tinykin, I feel like I'm enjoying everything except the part that I didn't realize was a bigger part of Pikmin than I thought it would be. Yeah, and the combat is like... There's not ultimately maybe two is better, but certainly going back to one like it, it's weird because I played three on Wii U. So that was kind of a long time ago. I played two on GameCube. So my memory is pretty limited. But I mean, like the strategy is just like throw all your Pikmin at the thing. Yeah, and you can whistle and it, it might help them, <laughs> but they're probably going to get demolished at some point, And you're going to see all those little souls just float up into the air <laughs> and yeah. it's going to break yeah. your heart. And and the there were there were a bunch of fire traps in the second level too where it was like oh no I don't like this at all and they're lighting on fire and then running around screaming and I'm trying to get to them and whistle but the other ones are also following me at the same time and they're yeah. like going straight towards the fire so it it's definitely more stressful than uh, I was expecting and yeah I don't like I don't like watching cute little flower people yeah. burn to death what's so wrong so with Nintendo. <laughs> So Sarah, was it like uh, you you watched footage of it and you're like, I'm never gonna play that, or was it I played no. it and I and I felt I picked terrible. it up for GameCube, but I thought that I had like the complete wrong idea going into it. Like I thought it was gonna be more of like a caretaker thing where I like come in, I collect the Pikmin, I care for them, we do something like farm together. Like I thought it was more of like a build them up and like you know form a society with your Pikmin, and then imagine my young shock. When they're like, chuck your Pikmin to yeah. its doom in order to accomplish your goals. Like, and then with the timer too, like running back to the ship and you know, you're not going to make it. And you have like a bunch of Pikmin following you or like, they don't all make it back into the ship. It was like, I'm already like an anxious person and I was an anxious child and this was just too much for me. Oh, and it God. still is. Yeah. That would, yeah. And I interest I you in Pikmin bloom. They wear cute little outfits <laughs> and they walk across the country. Yeah. Kelsey, I know you <laughs> love don't bloom. Die. I know you you love Bloom. You and Leo, I think, are the two people keeping Pikmin Bloom alive, unless Leo in the whole back. world. Yeah, whole yeah. World. Every time Miyamoto shows up on a stream and wears a Pikmin Bloom shirt, he's talking directly to YouTube. But like, 
did the console games like do anything for you? Did you play those or is it was it really just Bloom that kind of I have you? always wanted to like Pikmin more than I actually do. I feel like I like the concept and I think it's really just kind of what Sarah's talking like about. Like I killing just... cute little plants. No, no, I no, I've <laughs> like I like that you have a bunch of little guys and I yeah. there's a lot of strategy games that I do like and I think I think it's the timer. I think it's like the anxiousness of yeah. the timer um, that I just, it stops being fun for me and starts feeling like homework or like a deadline or something like that. I have bought and played every Pikmin game, um, but none to completion. And like you, it's I just keep thinking like, I guess this isn't for me, except that I keep getting drawn to it. Cause I'm like, but they're so cute. I, yeah. I want it to be for me. Um, and yeah, Pikmin Bloom is a good, uh, I don't know, stand-in for that because I get to just appreciate that they're cute little guys and send them on missions, but there's not any like timers or anxiety with it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeff, does two have? Because like the there's the day timer, right? You only have a, so many hours, but then the, right. in Pikmin One, you only had thirty days. Does Pikmin Two yeah, have I'm, that? Man, that's what I'm. As soon as you said that, I'm wondering of like, oh wait, <laughs> are the days counting down on me? And I didn't realize they. they I don't think be. they mentioned that I only have a month. I think at one point, uh, like my boss guy said, "Hey, don't worry. Like, if you can't do everything in a day, you can always come back and do it the next day, and try not to freak out about the days too much." And that that message must have been specifically for Pikmin One players to uh, try and put their minds at ease. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but it's I'm just I wanted to talk about it just because like I couldn't believe when I was watching credits. I was like, I can't believe I played that whole game. <laughs> like, I don't know. Why did I do that? And uh, now I'm excited for Pikmin Four. Weirdly, which is just I I, well, there I you go. Not I don't know. Weirdly, didn't expect myself to be as excited as I am for Pikmin Four now. But um, a couple more Pikmin things I wanted to. Um, we had a couple comments that I, I pulled up to the top here. Uh, Tokyo Game Life said, "Hi, Min Max. Since you're doing a Pikmin checkman, I wanted to drop some hot Pikmin facts to promote the first game. Nintendo teamed up with an agricultural company to crossbreed a new species of flower called Bacopa." Cabana, aka the Pikmin flower. Yes, Nintendo bioengineered a flower into existence. Also in Japan, the game is probably best known for the song I Know Uta uh, by Strawberry Flower, which was played during the game's commercial. It became one of the best selling singles of the year in Japan and outsold the game. So, wow. Weird. I just thought that was interesting, you guys. Let's move on to Final Fantasy 16. Uh, Sarah, I, I, I want to know what. Y- what you think of Final Fantasy 16. It sounds like we're around the same place. There is a character. You know what? I, I don't even want to say that. Like that feels like too spoilery. I was going to talk about the mortality of characters. And even that is like, Oh, to timestamp where I am in the game. But uh, me and Sid are hanging out that, you know, I, it's always <laughs> I say the guy from falling off a that cliff. That's, that's probably the entire game enough. for me so far is like yeah. hanging out with Sid. And you complain, and Sid's like, "Why are you so grumpy all the time? Like, why are you so?" You got to do it. You got to do a better Sid impression than that. What you have uh, to have the world's lowest. I voice. am a cool guy. <laughs> I am a leader of the oppressed wizards. I am a I'm a it's recurring a little, character in Final little, Fantasy I'm, games. <laughs> am I really good? It's a little suspicious. <laughs> but. I've been I've been loving the gameplay. I was genuinely shocked at how good fighting enemies feels. 
some enemies feel a bit better to fight than others. Um, but I find it, it feels, it feels good for the most part. It's, I think, the only, besides 14, mainline Final Fantasy game that I like the combat of. I like it more than the 7 remakes, which I was surprised. Mm. But I like the combat, which does make me nervous based on the Final Fantasy track record that we will never see this gameplay again. So I'm going to kiss that goodbye. It's, it's good while it lasts, but... um. I do like... Well, I mean, it sold 3 million copies they announced this morning, so... I, I hope. I hope they dig into that combat more in other games. Uh, I appreciate how linear it is after Tears of the Kingdom. It feels like a good palate cleanser to, like, make progress, you know? Like, do a little main quest, get a little main quest progress. You don't feel like you're missing anything. You don't feel like, you know, you, you get to kind of turn off your brain a little bit while you play this game. You don't have to worry about... You know, am I, do I have enough this? Do I have enough that? So I, I appreciate the it is, it's also a game, world of it. It's also a game, which I feel like weirdly I haven't encountered in a while, where it's like you go to a store and you just buy the better sword and mm-hmm. then you, then you move on. I feel like, I don't know why, but I feel like every RPG I've played over the last couple of years, I have to like hem and haw in the store of like, well, do I yeah. want ice abilities or like better stamina? And I, I appreciate that it's like, Hey, this sword does more damage. You want it? Do you want to sell yeah. your old one? You want just want to equip this one without leaving the menu? I'm yeah. like, yes, please. They're Thank like, you. this number, this number is higher than your number. The, yes. the number go yeah. up, and you're like, yes, bigger number, please. Um, but yeah, the only thing I'm not sold on is like the general narrative. Like you can see the Game of Thrones influence in it almost a little too much. And I'm like, I wish we would have taken different lessons. When you were all like watching Game of Thrones and like having your little like I wish the lessons we had take not taken was like what if we killed every minor character in a really violent way and we just killed everyone except for two dudes like I wish that wasn't the takeaway like that should not be the lesson from Game of Thrones like you have to make them interesting before you kill them and then when you do that like maybe consider like not killing them also also Game of Thrones is like funny honestly like if it's like a surprisingly funny show this game is not funny like i don't know if i've encountered a single joke maybe i don't know yeah so story wise i'm not sold but at least it's fun to play i do i do i would know i was joking about hanging out with sid but i do like his characterization he's just sort of this anarchist that is like helping you a lot for reasons i maybe will be revealed later but i get i get the sense that he's like just interested in clive and just wants to help him out because <laughs> uh, there's like no reason he, like he's always leaving his home like you guys are leaving for days at a time to just like do stuff and i'm like aren't yeah. you like the mayor here like don't you have more important stuff to do than hang out with me who you just found out in a field <laughs> that's like but I, I was seeing the exact same thing like the goals of the characters are like very unclear like clive's doing a bunch of stuff because he's angsty about his past and then, like, Sid is just kind of there, and then they, like, imply relationships between two characters, but then they'll just kill one of them. So you're like, well, I guess that backstory didn't matter anymore. Yeah, yeah I but... guess, I, yeah. The Game of Thrones stuff is interesting, because it, it, it really, I think you're right, it's just, like, the mortality of characters can just, it, it, it will surprise you. But there's even, like, just even Clive's relationship with his mom is, like, fully lifted from Game of Thrones, yes. and, like, the his his father and stuff too is just like totally pulled directly and it's i mean 
I guess they were writing it sort of at the height of Game of Thrones craziness, but considering how much that show has fallen from grace, it is funny that mm-hmm. it is such a touch point for them. Like, they're publicly, like, what if say Jon you know? Snow? What if Jon Snow was a Final Fantasy character, and they said, "That's <laughs> yeah. it, ding, 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 we have a winner." I'm. This is just making me happy. I haven't like I I have avoided Game of Thrones up until this point, and I'm just like earnestly enjoying this final fantasy without it like i keep hearing that i keep hearing like oh it's just exactly the same as so and so storyline in game of thrones and i'm like good thing i don't know any of that so <laughs> yeah i can just may- enjoy it <laughs> maybe it shouldn't be like a criticism it's not so much that i like dislike that it's not like oh i've seen that before i don't like it it's just that i can't get out of my head of like oh yeah mm-hmm. that's that's where they got that from you know i mean and game of thrones is 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 a good show and a good book. I haven't read the books, but it's a good show. So like, I understand why they would pull from it, but uh, it's just, yeah, it's distracting more than bad. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Villis wrote in a comment and said, Hey y'all final fantasy 16 is out of control. It's so good. So while I don't know what to expect next, a lot of people have compared it to game of Thrones, including the devs. But those of you who have played it can attest. I'm sure that it moves into a very different tone. So I wonder if maybe Sarah and I just haven't, God, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see. Do you think that this hard sell association with Game of Thrones, which I still really like and think it's an apt comparison for the early game, at least has hurt as much as it has helped as certain folks who don't like the aesthetic or the invocation of that IP? Would it have been better to spend some time on some of the elements that feel more Final Fantasy or anime or JRPG uh, in order to stymie the not my Final Fantasy crowd? I mean, it's. That's yeah. interesting because Elden Ring obviously had the sort of like they did the whole backstory with Elden Ring and they like wrote the whole world from the guy who wrote Game of Thrones. They were like, can you make us a little world? But then it's like Final Fantasy. <laughs> That's was how like, they phrased it, it when they sent him that email. People, yeah, can, can you, you make, make us, us a little, little world? world? <laughs> Please, could you use your, your beautiful fantasy mind? But um, and then I think maybe Square was like it worked so well for Elden Ring. Let's try it. But like you're like, no, 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 no. Like, you just like copied the homework and like changed some of the answers. <laughs> like yeah. he like yeah. he created something entirely new for Elden Ring. I will say I don't I would I would bet and I could be way off here that they they had basically had the script for Final Fantasy 16 written before they mm-hmm. played Elden Ring. I'm I'm before maybe even George R R Martin's association with Elden Ring was announced. I could be way off about that. Now I'm like maybe the timelines would be worse than that but i i imagine they've been working on 16 a lot longer than from some from software worked on uh elden ring just based on mm-hmm. the fidelity of sid's leather jacket you know <laughs> like, everyone wears black oh yeah that's cool it's annoying. yeah but it's... i i do think to to the question i think it i think it probably hurt more than than it would help like final fantasy is not a series that you need to kind of try and latch on to something else that's popular. It's popular in its own right, and its fans are, like, diehard fans that are going to be, like, they don't want to play something that's mimicking mimicking something else. And so I can't imagine, like... And and also, if it's going to be that close, as as everyone is saying, like, don't don't point that out in your in your advertising for it. Like, let people draw those conclusions if they're going to, but... They basically guaranteed that that was going to be the major talking point of everyone going into it. Everyone was going to be thinking about Game of Thrones and how similar mm-hmm. it is. Like it, it seems like a, a weird misstep for the Final Fantasy. And, and like 
obviously I haven't played it, so I don't want, you know, that's not like a comment on the overall story or anything else, but just that kind of marketing push of like, hey, we're really into Game of Thrones. You know, it's been an, a major influence for us. It, it just feels very weird and very off for Final Fantasy. And I'm not even a big Final Fantasy fan, but that that was just that threw me yeah. for a loop when I heard all those. I think they were uh, trying criticisms. to justify like their M rating, which mm. I after only I've only I'm only like five hours ish in. So I'm still very early and I've seen a lot of like gore and Clive says the F word and I've seen a naked lady's back. But I'm like, uh, like, I get that, like, this Candles. is like the Game of Thrones, right? Like, you know, sensual women and like access to the face and like dead people. But I'm like, are we justifying this? Like, I, I feel like they just say we have an M rating. How much can we get out of it? But I, I don't know if it even needs that. I don't know if this is yeah. if seeing someone take an axe to the face is uplifting my experience. Yeah, that that also feels very un. Again, as as not a huge fan of the series, like that also feels like it's not a selling point to me. Of okay, now Final Fantasy, but mature. We're gonna say bad words. Get ready, get ready for gore. It's like every other series that we play has gore in it. You like you don't. That's not gonna you know add a ton of value, like you said, Sarah, to uh, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy. Yeah, I I always I think about it because it's like the Game of Thrones thing. I, I don't know if it's like marketing, right? It's not like a commercial was like, you know, Final Fantasy inspired Game of Thrones. I think it was mostly just like a touch point for them when they talked to journalists of just like, mm-hmm. you know, this sure. thing, I know this thing. But like, but that did, that was like, because it was so strange, that was the odd takeaway. But yeah, the, the violent side of it, like, and the M rating, it is, it is weird. Cause I mean, I guess they, they recognize that people who grew up playing Final Fantasy are adults at this point, but it still feels sort of adolescent when you play the mm-hmm. game because it feels like it's like, oh, Clive says the F word. Like, isn't that isn't that scandalous? Isn't that racy? And it's like, I don't know, I, I guess. <laughs> like, I didn't no, know they knew the F we're word. We're adults there, but... now and we don't care when someone yeah. swears or not. You know, yeah. it feels like that's even a thing that game of like the the producers of Game of Thrones misunderstood. Like, I'm. I, w- I was a fan of Game of Thrones and I would roll my eyes every time they would go into some gratuitous sex scene or like overly violent. Like, that's not why we like the show either. I, g- I guess it maybe was for some people, but it's like I like the storylines and the characters and the politics of that world. And it seems like everyone, including many other TV show makers, were like, oh, OK, checklist. We got to have boobs. We got to have major violence like <laughs> this is what's popular. So that's what we got to do. And it's like, no, you're missing you're missing the meat of the actual storytelling. That's what people liked about this. Yeah, the, it's funny. I, I haven't seen a lot of people talk about it because I guess it gets into spoilers and maybe people just don't care. But it's, as I get deeper, the the more direct line of narrative inspiration I see is actually Attack on Titan uh, mm. because it's about oh, like people I who see, turn I into monsters, you know? Yeah, I can see um, that. And sort of like uh, monster bloodlines and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. all that being said, I feel like we've been kind of negative on it. Like, I'm really liking it. Like, the combat's fun. And the story, like, I want to see what happens next. I'm interested. I'm engaged. I Like, the, the early twists have, like, been twists that I called, like, a mile away. And it's, like, mostly I've just been like, can we, like you know, reveal this thing so that we can actually get to the more interesting, like, let's, let's just stop keeping this part a secret. Um, and I've, and I've hit that point now. So like, I, I'm eager to see where it goes next. And 
the the feedback has generally been like, oh, it only it, I've heard I've heard both actually that it only gets like crazier and crazier. But then I've also heard that like the later part of the game kind of loses the thread a little bit. But like I, I want to see that. Like I, I'm eager to get there. Yeah, and I've really been like you can see the Final Fantasy fourteen kind of coming through in like the bosses, the enemies, and like the side quests. Like you can I can see it there. Um and it's really cool to see those sort of like aspects of like, you know, bosses with like AoEs, bosses who like telegraph attacks ahead of time, bosses who like zoom around like giant boss giant boss small arena type thing, you know, where they're like just ahead or something. And it's been really fun to play in that combat but not locked to sort more locked in like a an action game, I guess you would say, than like an MMO. Oh, yeah. It is it is an action game, like a hundred percent. Like they're not even like pretending it's an R I feel like it's almost unfair to call it an RPG at this point. And mm-hmm. it works for me. I'm not I'm certainly not offended by it. But uh, I, I guess I can understand why some people are. I mean, it's so it's so weird because oh I hit my mic with my mouth. Because Final Fantasy is a game that like reinvents itself like every mm-hmm. entry. Every single time. Um so to to I don't know. I guess I haven't really seen people actually upset about it as much as I've heard people talking about people who are upset about it. If that makes sense, like I've seen people be like, I've seen people be like, I can't believe people are upset about this, and I'm kind of just like, I gotta make up somebody to argue against. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) which is like video game social. But I I hope for like if they're gonna rip off like a fantasy series, I hope the next one is like Lord of the Rings, uh, Mm. and less so Game of Thrones, because that would be awesome. It's really Lord one. of the Rings, huh? Like that's yeah. That's I really fair. want to return to like I don't know why we've decided that like the hero's journey is overrated. It's not like let's go back to that, please. Like let's go back to basics. I man, I don't mind that, but I do like the sci-fi stuff. Like I I like fifteen. I like that you drive a car around, like, <laughs> and you have magic and stuff. I don't I don't love like going back to sort of like you know medieval roots, but I know that take that back, you take like back that, to right? Let's go do yeah, a little no. jig when we play my loot. No, let's have cities, industrial cars. I'm into that. Well, we'll roll the dice and we we'll got, see who we got wins city, then in the next Final Fantasy. City let's boy and country girl here. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Well, I'll have seven remake uh, waiting in the wings for me for that. So, all right, guys. Uh, you're just going to have to tell me about Story of Seasons. Jeff, um, this is your favorite game of the year. Is that right? Is that fair to say? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. 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 Defend it. How? Why is this better how than much Tears you, of the Kingdom? No, how much have you played? <laughs> I I only started it today, so I have okay. not gotten very far. I've been meeting some town folk and uh, planted my first crops, but they have not um, come to fruition yet. I've been getting a ton of milk, though, at least. They start you with a cow, and it's just... They're shooting out milk bottles all over the place. Free cow. Well, that's right. And that's, that's close. This is, I think, the only Harvest Moon where you have to get your cow pregnant to continually get milk from it. Uh, well, the the last now you don't have to do that. Yeah, but this is you used to in this one. Yes, yeah. So this very, is. Uh, I mean, Sarah, I think you and I both played this game a lot as a kid, right? Like the yeah. GameCube version. This oh yeah, real quick, can you guys set the table? Because it it is a remake of a Harvest yep. Moon, right? Yeah, like, it's a remake one? of. Yeah, so there was a Wonderful Life on the GameCube, and then shortly after that, they came out with another Wonderful Life, which is the same game, but you just get to play as a girl, and you know you have mm-hmm. the male bachelor options to romance at that point. They just kind of squished it all together, um, and you can. Be, I mean, what's cool about it is that you are not tied to any like gender or um, 
like preferences or anything like you can romance anybody and you can be whatever you want to be so i think that that part is pretty cool but um yeah it's i don't know it was my favorite harvest moon game growing up um okay and so i was really excited for this remake even you know knowing it was going to be a little bit dated um but it's like i don't know sarah and i've been talking about it a little bit but it, it is i really am enjoying it and i'm also going to say i find it difficult to recommend if you don't already like older harvest moon mm-hmm. games um because you know it's it's not like a um like a stardew valley or something where there's, there's just no kind sprinklers. of like sprinklers yeah. <laughs> sprinklers yeah you are not it's... like optimizing you're not like mm-hmm. building a farm to optimize it and you're also like you do run out of stuff to do like it's not mm-hmm. like an endless you know you have all kinds of different chores and stuff and I like that, especially as someone who grew up with that. But I think if you are, like, more into farm sims now, like you got into farm sims a little bit later, um, mm-hmm. I think I would find this difficult to go back to. It would be, like, too slow of a pace. Yeah. So, but they have made some, they've made some changes to this one. They've made a couple of, like, quality of life changes um, and then just some... Um, I don't know, like, technically quality of life, but I'm confused by it changes, like, what we were just referencing, which is that, you know, you used to have to actually, like, manage your livestock very closely. So if you wanted your cows to produce milk, they actually had to have been, like, recently pregnant, Um, Mm -hmm. like how cows work in the real world, I assume. I've never looked that up. I assume that's how that's how they work. But that's how I learned about it as a kid, and I was like, wait, Really? Like, in order yeah. for a cow to produce milk, milk, it has to get, be, like, it has to give birth regularly, and then there's, like, a special period of time where the cow gives a certain kind of milk that's different than the milk that we drink. But you have to isolate the baby. I don't know. It, this was a Harvest Moon introducing me to the hard truths of the dairy industry. <laughs> <laughs> and they have removed all of that, I think, in this game. Yeah, so your cows will just always have milk. You get, like, more milk slash better milk if you continue to do like you still have the option to like you know breed them and stuff and and then have better milk and more milk but um you don't have to do any of that they also don't get sick and die anymore which was a thing in the first game and again like a difficult thing you have to manage like you would put them out into the pasture and then it would start raining and you'd be like crap i need to go shove my cows one by one back into the barn because otherwise push they're... them like physically yeah. push each and every they'll get, cow they'll get struck by lightning? No, they get sick. No, it's just like getting oh. cold. Oh, okay, I don't know. <laughs> okay, you've been playing too much uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, just uh, remove all the metal objects. Yeah, or or go find the Thunder Helm. That's like it's it's yeah, not that hard. Just guys. just make your cow eat like stuff for lightning resistance. It's no big deal. Um, the, the thing that I I sort of as from the outside, like Stardew Valley is this like massive hit that people love that revitalized the farming sim, and it's like it feels like such a PUBG Fortnite situation where like PUBG established this thing, and then Fortnite came and just like totally took over the genre, and then PUBG could never catch up. And I feel like, like I said, admittedly from the outside, because I don't I'm not a big farming sim guy. It just feels like Story of Seasons, Harvest Moon are just like they're just never going to catch up to Stardew Valley. Like, is that a fair assessment? Feel I do feel the same way, and I do worry in the same way that because like they just don't seem to move as quickly. Like they're not evolving at the pace of other farming sims. They are still very much like set in the old ways, 
So yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, like a PUBG, like the old guard. And then you have a bunch of these like new indie games that keep coming in and like, they're like, oh yeah, we just like, we just like didn't like like that feature. So we just don't have it in our game. And mm -hmm. we actually made our game more enjoyable by not having that. Or like we have more characters, we have bigger worlds. It's, I do wonder what will, I do lay awake at night and ponder over the future of both the Harvest Moon and the Story of Seasons franchises. This is funny to yeah. me too, because this is making me think of, of Animal Crossing as well. Like, so the GameCube game is my favorite one, even though obviously there is way more to do and way more options than all of the newer ones. Um, and it's just something about like, some of the earliest tries at some of these things, and I feel this way about the farming genre, is like, it's just so interesting in the ways they hadn't quote unquote figured it out yet um and they're more interesting for it in some ways you know like they maybe hadn't figured out that like people want to optimize and have sprinklers and that sort of thing and then so you end up like playing a kind of different game and at a very different pace like it, it does something different in your brain i feel like mm -hmm. than it stardew valley does and again like that it's not even a recommendation i just think it's interesting and it's something that like i like but I feel like if you didn't grow up playing this kind of game in like the early, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s, mid 2000s, even like your brain just won't be wired for that. And you will only find it tedious. Like you will only find that annoying. Anyway, Jeff, who are you marrying? <laughs> um, well, have you met all the ladies and the, the guys? Who I, are you marrying? I don't. I don't know if I've met everyone yet. Cecilia made a very strong impression because she, she showed up these, and she was always me, Cecilia with she, these guys. <laughs> she, I mean, all, girl next you know, door. if she's going to ply me with like, uh, you know, free seeds and whatnot, that's, <laughs> that's a strong, she but wants I, to supply you with some seed. That's for sure. <laughs> Come on now. This is a family uh, but, show. Quote, question mark. I will say when I was wandering around town, uh, I met rock and I like his attitude. He's got a very you like, like rock? Hey, what is wrong? He's just with like, you? I don't want to do anything. I just want to hang out. It's uh, does everyone hate rock? Apparently. Um, he's a little bit of a playboy. A little bit of party. Boy. Oh, is he? He's not here. Yeah. Just you guys talk about him. He's not going to. Okay. Hear well, we, Kelsey and I went in depth on party chat this week, but the girls <laughs> all are great. And then because they developed the men to be rivals of the original male farmer, they made all the men icky because you need mm. to feel a sense of superiority. Um, so, yeah, all the guys are like not who you'd ever want to date ever. Like all of them. Right. I'm, Very, I'm, I'm like, marrying Muffy. E I'm marrying a woman. <laughs> this is Muffy. Uh, oh, my God. I even <laughs> met Muffy. I'm marrying Muffy. She works at the bar. bar. Now it's a coffee perfect. shop. Yeah. Um, um. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. I'm glad that I can marry women because the pickings just aren't there in the men. Yeah, the the women are just. I mean, I, I think what you said is I, I. Is that like? Did the developer say that somewhere? Because I think what you're saying is completely accurate. At least I feel well, that's that how way. It's always kind that of men are the terrible. Moon game. Like they're just no, like... that like they make the rivals. So like, if you don't marry a girl, one of the males will pick one of the males. One of the other guys will pick her up. Okay. Um, and they per they purposely will make them not great so like you feel a sense of like superiority to them as a guy you're like oh like this rock guy like he's really no competition for me he's just a party boy i'm a farmer i work hard cecilia wants my jeffem's kind of guy like, we're learning apparently yeah. <laughs> look i just appreciated the hey i'm just gonna hang around town all day and i'm not gonna do anything that that feels 
very modern <laughs> you know, day for the you young. You should look up some of the cutscenes because once you get married, at least in the old game, they probably took this out because it's negative. But in the old game, if you stopped working your farm, your husband or wife would have, have like an intervention with you about how essentially like you need to start working the farm more and oh, like you man. need to actually do more uh, or else they will leave you. Oh my god. And Rock is just like, Rock doesn't do anything. He's like, yeah, if you could just like, it's kind of been bumming me out that like we don't have any money and like you haven't been working the farm. So if you could just like, uh, meanwhile, he does nothing. To it, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, that's, that's no good. <laughs> I, I, to be clear, I was, I don't know that I was going to date him or anything. I just liked his, his attitude, you like uh, his, his anti work <laughs> ethic. <Vibes>. Yes. <laughs> He's down with, He's against uh, big agriculture, so. Mm -hmm. So they they've uh, changed a lot of the men in this game quite a bit. Too. I mean, every almost all the characters have like mild changes. Like Muffy is actually Molly in this game, I believe, mm. um, and Celia mm. is Cecilia now. So there's like a couple of name changes. Um, they made um, what was formerly Marlin, one of the male, uh, you know, one of the bachelors. He was kind of this like older like he had kind of like an 80s vibe to him i don't i don't know how else to describe it he had like the the curly almost like mullet look and um they just turned him into like i don't know a skinny normal dude in this game uh yeah, named looks matt like he shops at like banana republic or something yeah. <laughs> it's just very normy um and then they actually made because there were only three bachelors in the um another wonderful life they added another one. They just like made one of the characters who wasn't a bachelor into a bachelor and they kind of redesigned him. Um, and that's the artist who in this version was, is named Gordy. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. So he used to be like just a gruff guy who was down there and didn't speak. And now he's a bachelor, I guess. So that's because now they made it so you can marry Luna. Right, her name's Luna, right? The rich girl? Um, it is L Lumine, maybe, I think, or something Lumia? like that. Lumen? Lumi she, Lumia, that might be right. Yeah, she's the the piano name. playing used to be a child. Now she's yeah, the, not quite a child. In the original game, she was so like all adults, and she'd age up. Well, in the original game, she was a child and she would age up, and now in this game, oh, I see. She was okay. She was marryable in some older Harvest Moon games. They just start her aged up, so you're not dating a child. But I still find Progress. it very That's questionable. Good call. Good call. I still find it questionable. <laughs> Um, uh, and yeah, yeah, like like Sarah said, the the kind of gimmick in this game is that like everyone ages, and the town kind of like continues to um, grow and and age and thing as as you go through. I think there are thirty years um, like programmed into this, which I will Jesus. no one will ever get through. I literally don't um, think I made it past like three. Yeah, like I played this game all the time as a kid, and I think I maybe did three. It did seem like the the cycles more abbreviated, and I can't remember if other Harvest Moon games were like that, but it was like 10 days the for a season. The months are insanely short, yeah. The months are insanely yeah. short. But the days are kind of long. Like, your days are going to be like 25 minutes. I run out of stuff to do. That's yeah. true. Basically. And then yeah, you can, like, you can go, go to bed, bed at like 6pm pretty safely. <laughs> yeah, I, I ran out of all my chores and then I went down to the beach and met Gordy down there. And I pointed out that something was shiny in the sea and he he like just kind of half-assed a poem to me and then wandered off and I was left just stunned speechless, silent on the speechless beach. Speechless and yes. in love. Yeah. You yeah, know, this like, guy writes you a poem and you're like, get out of here, don't want anything <laughs> I don't to do even think it was for me. He, like, he just started, I don't do anything. He just started saying it uh, and didn't even look at me and then just wandered off. 
I think I think we've already answered this question, but I did pull this up uh, from Tanner Methvin. Heyman Maxers, this question is to Sarah, but can be answered by anyone with the relevant experience, which sounds like it's everyone but me on this panel. Um, who would you consider the top tier and bottom tier romance options in A Wonderful Life? Love the show. Which I, all the women at top. And all, all the women the the and top. all the men on the bottom. Yeah, I mean, as it should be. <laughs> which is so, it's, it is a little frustrating and a little it's sad. It's a reflection it's like, of real life. Yeah. I mean, if we're oh, being honest. Can I just, so like Kelsey mentioned, when this game first came out, it was guy only. Um, and I was probably like 12 at the time, and this was my favorite game. And I was complaining to my mom that you can't play as a girl and that it's so weird that you can't play as a girl and you're stuck as a guy. And she was like, sweetie, I think she just wanted me to stop talking to her about it. She was like, you should email them and let them know how you feel. So I quite literally went to Natsume customer support and wrote a very heartfelt email from a 12 year old. And I was like, could you please, please can I like play as a girl in the Harvest Moon games? And then like, obviously because of my email, but like three months later, they released another wonderful life where you play as a girl. Uh, oh, they so had they really crunch on that just for you. Yeah, they had to really, and they got two games out of me. So uh, everyone's welcome. You're you. all welcome. This is all because of me personally, but. I think I, I speak for everyone. I say we're grateful. We're, I do we're find it disappointing, though, like, you know, because they were already doing a lot of like relocalization and remaking people and everything like you could have made the men a little better this time around. Like, you yeah. don't have so, to. So they were just the. Were they the same men in the yeah. in the version that you played it as a girl? No new characters. And it's because they really they wanted to get that game to me. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. I should have told them. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> these also yeah. these men suck. That's my bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, my wife was trying to pitch it to my daughter last night because she's like looking for something to play and she loves Stardew Valley. And apparently you can continue farming from heaven if you die. Do you guys know anything about this? Or is I've this a spoiler died. alert? <laughs> you can die? Like a late game I spoiler. you could die. After those 30 Is that years? after year Hello. 30? Maybe. I'm in heaven yeah. now. Managing my heaven farm. I guess, I guess it's a mode. I think it, like, hold on. I, I want to Google it real quick. I should have had it. Yeah. I know that I was frustrated. But it's like heaven that, mode like, or something? Your child never takes over the farm or your child never, like, no, I think they can. Helps. Do they now? I I I think it just depends on. Oh, I don't know if they ever could in the is original. Because I, I don't think I ever played quite that long. Artist? Yeah, I think it's yeah. They can like <laughs> either take over the farm or they can. You can be like, you should actually pursue your passions, or you can be like, no, you will work the family business until you we'll die. Work the farm. <laughs> yeah. So to be clear, it's there's something. It's called heaven mode. Uh, after you I've pass away, you'll enter what is called existed. heaven mode, where you get to keep farming as much as you want. This is according to touchtapplay.com. Uh, Are you like in the like clouds heaven? or something? Or does it just look the I same? Time, or... I wonder I if know. time just doesn't move. Or like, you don't mm. like, it's just like letting you know that like past this point, there won't be no new content, but you can keep farming, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You guys yeah, got to play weird. for 30, 30 years. How yeah. many hours? Get on, of that, get on that, Kelsey. Gameplay would that be? Like, well, if God, every day is even... twenty minutes and every month is ten days, and there's Earth season and there's four seasons, I'm not going to do this math, but someone can, no, and it's a lot. Right in next week. <laughs> hey, what? Well, one more quick question, and I hope it's not a spoiler. What's with the lazy lizard who's just hangs out by the river? There's a lot of that. 
Because there's also there, like a little tanuki a, that lives. There's a turtle too. There's a turtle. There's nothing. There's no depth to it. It's oh. just it, you go over it there. It looked and like it like, had a bandage on its arm, though. No, they all have bandanas. Like your dogs have uh, bandanas. Okay. The turtle has a bandana. Yeah. And it's I, called Lazy oh. Lizard. No, he just well, he, just, is he a just looks tired. So he, is okay, he looks like, like tired. Jeffem has a type. Like he's fascinated by rock, who's apparently very lazy. <laughs> yeah. This lizard is very, very enamored with it. Look, I got a two-year-old. I haven't had a good night's sleep in two years. Gosh. I just, I just want to sit on the couch. And now you have a farm to run. Of course, you I like know. rock. <laughs> yeah. At least sense. I got a free cow out of it. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of milk. A lot of milk talk at the top of this. Apparently, milk yeah. is a. <laughs> Major it's a factor. hot commodity. Well, it is. It is like I spent all all my money on you know seeds, and I bought a chicken right away. And then it was like, I don't know like how my how I'm going to make money. But then you you get like eight jugs of milk a day from your cow, and you, each one sells for a hundred dollars. So it seems like a pretty forgiving economy. All right. So there you go, Kyle. You shall see. Tour of Seasons. I think it's out now, right? On pretty much every platform. Mm-hmm. It's on Switch as well. I yeah, I'm playing it on yeah, Switch. I'm, I don't I'm know what else Switch. it's on. Yeah. I think we have an Xbox version. Um, wow. I'm not playing it. I'm busy playing grown-up games like Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy. <laughs> uh, mature games. Yeah, like Pikmin One a they lot swear. for some reason. Yeah, a lot of swearing in Pikmin 1. They, you know, it's it's Olimar speaks in gibberish mostly. Each but, time uh, a Pikmin dies, it curses your name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I assume that's what's happening. Yeah. Uh, Sarah, can you run us? I don't know how you want to do this. You had five games you wanted to yes. touch on from Steam we can Next just Fest. talk on about my top three Steam Next okay. Fest games. Let's um, yeah, and then we'll talk a little bit about E3 afterward. Um, yeah. yeah. What do you want? Do you want me to throw? You, you just tell me. I could give you I'll your you. list let, that you I'll, sent I'll me. I'll let you know what I like. Okay. Um, yeah. No, I'm going to decide for you. I think you <laughs> really actually, like po- the Cosmic one... Wheel Sisterhood. Is I did like one. that one. Okay, there we go. See, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I played. I think this is a, it's a Devolver Devolver Digital publisher for this game. It's called the Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood. Um, incredibly witchy vibes. Uh, you play as an exiled witch. You're living by yourself on an asteroid. You've been exiled because you are a fortune teller and you foretold the end of your coven. So they just kind of got rid of you because you were being kind of a downer. Um, and eventually she's out there for 200 years and she's like, I actually hate this. So you summon what they call a behemoth, but it's actually a giant demon. And you make a pact with this demon. Um, you essentially sell your soul to this demon in order to get out of this exile. And... You don't, they took away your tarot cards, which is what you use to tell the future. So the demon is like, you can make your own tarot cards using the four elements. And you go kind of, it's really cool how you make these cards because you have like limited resources and you can pick like a background, an image that goes on top and then like accessories for said image. But based on the images you choose, they all kind of have different meanings. It changes the meaning of the card overall. And then you make all these cards, you kind of like, you can kind of pick if you're going to be like good or bad or like if what kind of vibe oh, well, you're going for. And real quick, is it a card game or are we no. like, look, like what kind of so what what genre happens, are we talking about here? It's I would say narrative. I would say okay. kind of like a choices matter narrative uh, because you do kind of pick like what your desires are, like what you want from the demon. It's like, do you want everyone to like you? Do you want everyone to fear you? Like, do you want ultimate power? Like, do you want to bring about? 
like change or end everything like what what do you want and then you build this deck and you can tell people's fortunes with it but you have options so like you'll have something like the past and the future and you'll pull a card and you're gonna be like this card says death do i want to put this card on past or future and then based on where you put the card it will change their personal fate essentially um and you will get to kind of pick and choose what you want to say to them, which will affect, I think, how the story will evolve. But just mm. super cool narrative, super cool choices, very pretty art. I really liked making the cards. Um, really sad when the demo ended. It was like, sorry, you don't get to see what happens. And I was like, but my choices. <laughs> I made so many <laughs> choices. My choices. <laughs> my choices. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really well, interested to see where the rest of this game goes because it was very cool. The Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you've ever, um, like, gone through a witch phase in your life, if you ever went through, like, a witch, this is absolutely the game for you. I think most most young girls go through a weird witch phase, not just me. But, yeah, definitely check it out. All right. Uh, I feel like we're, we're, like, coming up on some... You know how... I think there's going to be, like, all of a sudden, there's going to be a lot of witch games and witch TV shows and mm -hmm. witch movies, right? There's, like... I think I think we're due. I think it's about to happen. <laughs> I don't know why. Something in the air, I guess, you know. It definitely feels like my generation has finally aged up and is making games. Like the boom of farming sims, the boom of very like female centric games. Like it's it's nice to see sort of like there's more variety now than ever it feels like. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, we're making games now. Not me, but everybody else. We're making games now. <laughs> You know, finish this one so I can figure out what my choices are going to lead yeah. to. Uh, but... Should I take another stab at, at yeah. one for you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, I, I can't wait to hear about uh, Wood and Weather. So Wood and Weather was <laughs> not on my top three. But oh, it's, no. Should we skip it? was during the Wholesome Direct. Well, it's like you play as like, you know, those little like wooden, old wooden Fisher Price toys. Do you remember mm -hmm. them? They're like little mm -hmm. peg people. It's like a town full of those and you change the weather and you can kind of like God hand them. And it's like pretty cute, pretty quaint. But I just feel like some of the other games stood out more to me. Well, you have a wooden weather and then you also have in stars and time. Like you have two and ampersand games. That's true. I wonder if that's another thing. Ampersands. Yes ampersands no. coming back in a big way. It's coming back. <laughs> then Indian Tarot Bang time. is going to take over. I can't wait. It's going to be great. I, I'm... <laughs> honestly really impressed by indie game titles more so like i feel like i'm always groaning at like triple a titles it's always like single word like demise mm. the video game and then indie game titles would be like the cosmic will sisterhood of the never-ending hell cycle and you're like yes yes <laughs> that's a title yeah but in... give me ellipses in my steam library i don't need to see that whole thing i want once. it to be Get like a here. fallout boy panic at the disco title where it's an entire sentence that can't <laughs> scroll through my ipod fast enough <laughs> there you go but yeah in stars and time it's a very it's a sort of like turn-based rpg but what's interesting about it is they stick you you start the game right at the end of what you feel like an rpg would be so you're right at the very end the party's already formed everybody knows each other they all have rapport um and they're finally gonna go kill like the big bad so you're going through this like castle and it's like you're kind of like playing catch up because they're like referencing things that you obviously weren't there for, but they do a really good job of sort of like setting the scene, setting the characters and like world building in the first like 
10 minutes of the game. Um, yeah, it feels like it feels like the final, the, an older Final Fantasy story, I want to say. But what's interesting about it is instead of like character types, it's quite literally like rock, paper, scissors. So hmm. each of your characters are like rock type, paper type, or scissor type. You're that rock, Jeff? Yeah. There you go. I know you're into rock. better one. Yeah. Did I misinterpret that whole conversation? <laughs> Just assume you like rocks now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, and then like the enemies are rock, paper, scissors too. Um, but what makes this interesting is it actually you're going through the castle and your character dies just immediately dies and then you find out you're in a time loop and you're mm. now time looping through the entire end of this dungeon like trying to figure out how to get through and like why are you stuck in a time loop no one else seems to be stuck in a time loop so it's kind of like combining two different the time loop genre and the jrpg genre so definitely really interesting is this like, is it pixelated? Is it like overhead perspective? It's, like... it's sort of like a black white, looks a little bit like Undertale, okay. Earthbound esque, like that kind of like 2D type of looking thing. Yeah. Top good down 2D. When it comes to mm-hmm. our good. RPGs. Good. good. Simple but good. All right. What, so I've hit two of your three. I'm going to guess okay. your third is Sticky Business. No, ah. well, Sticky Business was cute. Sticky Business is a cute sticker building game. Very cute. Okay. Um, you build stickers? Honestly, okay. Yeah, you, make, you run your own little sticker business, and you make right. stickers and you sell them. Very cute. See? My generation. We're making games now. This is what we've got. <laughs> That's right. Stickers. Um, witches. Cute. Adorable. And you know what? House Flipper 2. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I was upset. I'm obsessed mm. with House Flipper. It's a cult classic. For those who really like cleaning houses and then decorating them and designing them and selling them. But they finally have a house slipper too. And it just looks hugely better than the first one. The first one I think they thought was a joke. They were like, yeah. haha, it's it's a silly simulator game about house flipping. And then they were like, oh no, like people actually like this. People they have so much DLC for that game, like farm flipper, pet flipper, HGTV, like they were like, oh no, people actually like this. And now they're coming out with the second one, and I'm so excited. I I didn't assume it was one of your three because it's a sequel. Like I imagined, yeah. like oh, if House Flipper, like you got everything you wanted out was. of it. But okay. I literally started playing House Flipper because the demo ended, and I was like, dang, my choices. I really missed this. Okay, but yeah, House cool. Flipper. It's it's a guilty pleasure game for me. Well, does like, like what is what is what is, what about the demo of two? Does it is it like a radical improvement or is it just like a iteration on what was good about the first one and it's just easier to play? Or I would say like they they set the scene really nicely where it's like you're it's sort of giving a power wash simulator vibe where like the thing you're flipping is in it's like on an island in the middle of nowhere. So you're by yourself on an island and you're just cleaning it up and they have a lot more options for like customizations of your furnishings and your wall coverings are actually attractive looking um, and not just like base assets from whatever they got their base assets from. So it, it feels like they're, they're finally making it like, like in seriousness, if that makes sense. Cause the first one was just kind of thrown together. Yeah. Am I misremembering or maybe I'm thinking of the wrong game. I thought a big hook of this game was dis- destruction and like, like tearing even, down even a house. Like a tear down? Maybe I thought like I thought you had to like tear the house down to like build take, it back up. You, but, you, uh, must, you could walls, take down but... walls, right? Okay. Jim, do you play? Are you an enjoyer of I, house flipper? 
I reviewed House Flipper back at Game Informer. <gasps> oh yep. no! What did you give it? I gave it a six. I just looked it up. My headline was a definite fixer upper. Um, but yeah, it and and like my my review is very geeky because I was like, you can't change where the where the plumbing fixture location is. You can like, how now. are you gonna in an update? In an update, Perfect. Jeff, um, they they made a review when they added that. That's right. Thank you. See, See I, this, I was fixing this, this one while you were fixing Harvest yeah. Moon. We, it all, it all works so out. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. But yeah, this is this is Jeffem's fixer upper. This is the fix. Nice. Well, it does. Yeah, I mean, I'll, ch- I'll check that out. I'll check the sequel out. Yeah, without having read your review and just going off of your headline, which is the best way to absorb <laughs> video game reviews. I mean, fixer upper implies like good idea here, but maybe needs to, you know, needs some work. Yeah, you know, no pun intended. Yeah. And like, maybe that's maybe that's house flipper too. Like maybe they've had the time they need now to like take the core idea and do something really cool with it. I can't so. wait to see your house flipper two review. Jeff. Um, <laughs> I'll, we play it I'll have and to talk do about it, yeah. it on the podcast together. That's right. So before we uh, jump into ads and questions and things like that, I, we wanted to talk a little bit about E3 or w- w- if it is going to exist anymore, which basically this if i understand correctly because like a little behind the scenes like you guys are like hey well let's add this list of topics and i was like sure love it but i imagine it stems from like there was the, re- the reveal is not the right term it was like uh political documents world from here <laughs> that uh that the the la conference center where e3 has historically been for uh, forever for a really long time not forever but for a really long time from what i understand is not booked for the next two years for E3, which I don't know how else you interpret that other than there are no definitive plans for E3. Yeah, I mean, in theory, they could go back to Atlanta like they did for that one weird year, or I think um, it was in San Jose briefly, I want to say, too. Like, there's... It it doesn't, like, prove that it's dead, but it's dead. Come on. Like... Yeah, they really... This is pretty... It feels like they burned a lot of like companies by canceling it kind of last second and then a lot of people only had a month or two to basically rebuild what they were planning to do at e3 so i don't know it feels like it'd be hard to get the good faith back of both like people who attend attendees and then people who also like show stuff yeah i the this sort of year kind of to me at least cemented it's like well the e3 branding is like completely unnecessary the one thing that i missed uh which is stupid admittedly was like i liked having a single term to refer to this like two week period in the summer that where lots of video game things were happening i don't think that's stupid at all okay like (laughs) that is it is annoying that what we're stuck with right now is like jeff keely's phrase like i don't want that to be friends I guess, you know? Yeah, I don't want to call it Summer Games Fest. I want to yeah, call it was, something shorter. <laughs> was, I mean, how true of it was was that for E3, the, you know, the past, the last few years that E3 existed because it's like Microsoft spun out to do their own thing. Like we still, we still kind of, we personally lumped them under that umbrella, but it was like they had already lost Microsoft, they already lost Sony. They were they were all kind of doing their own thing within that window still that we that we said like, hey, this is E3, but but it was all like next door. Like it was also yeah. geographically still 
essentially at E3, which I think yeah. helped kind of for grouping it all together. It's like, okay, Microsoft is not inside the LA Convention Center or whatever, but they're at LA Live right next door. Like it's, yeah. you know, yeah. that still feels like, or like how Devolver always had that parking lot across the street from E3. The defined like, parking lot. Yeah, it's like that is... It was all, you know, you could draw a big circle around the whole thing, even mm -hmm. like geographically, um, as well as it all just happening in the same week. So, um, but it, it does, I mean, this is our first year of like proof of that, but it does kind of feel like that's still going to continue, right? Like pretty much every company was just like, okay, sure, we'll just still shove it into the same two week window that you guys have come to expect. Yeah. 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 Which, yeah, I mean, like, my, my silly thing was just, like, I would want to say things like, oh, my favorite game that I saw at Summer Game Fest. Well, it wasn't really. It was it was the Xbox right. thing. But, you know, <laughs> and it's just like. Yeah, it's like, do you lump it? Because I know, I know Summer Game Fest, like, claimed, like, they had a stream. And they, they've started, like, claiming other things as well. Like, the Ubisoft Forward event. They were, like, anything you play there counts as a Summer Game Fest game. So it's like, they just need to figure it out on their end because yeah like wholesome direct isn't considered part of summer game fest like a lot of like the smaller presentations aren't so it's like i'm like what are we doing here figure can we all figure yeah. it out like am i coming to la for like three days or am i am i gonna go to la for a week i mean and i i want that sort of naming structure where i can call it all one thing but at the same time i don't want it to just stem from Summer Game Fest, right? I just don't, I don't want Keeley to just put his umbrella over all of it mm -hmm. and be like, dibs, you know? I don't mind that Microsoft and PlayStation had their own shows separately from it. I just... That's why yeah. we got to announce MinMax Summer Funtime. And we'll, we'll have a bigger umbrella. Summer, Summer Game time. Fest is part of MinMax Summer Funtime, <laughs> Fun but, you Just know. claim it. I, I do yeah. want to point out... <laughs> I, I completely agree with you, but I also do want to point out how silly this is that we are defending like a corporate lobbying group's naming structure over Jeff right. Keeley's. Like, yeah. one is not inherently better or, you know, no. more ethical or more natural than the other. We're just more used S. to it. <laughs> I don't understand why it's Summer Game Fest. I There were multiple games there, and I keep saying games yeah. with an S. Yeah. That's oh, wait, the, it's not yeah. with an S? It's Singular Summer Game Fest. Game. Oh, Can you yeah. I've been that? saying it wrong this entire time. I mean, wait. I think they named it wrong. I don't, don't put <laughs> yeah, that Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's, it's like when, you know, when there's a road where everyone is consistently going 25 miles per hour over the speed limit, it's like, that's not, that's not the people's fault at that point. That's the road's <laughs> fault. That's the road's <laughs> fault. <laughs> yeah, that's what I tell the cops whenever they pull me over. It's like, you might as well give the road a ticket, not me. <laughs> It hasn't Works worked for yet. me. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I think it is it is weird to see the sort of I feel like we've seen the quote unquote official end so many times now, but this mm -hmm. one feels yet another step above in the officialness. Um, but I think I don't know. None of us are particularly old. So um, like E3 has been going since 95, but before that, like there, there was a game industry for like 20 years before that, and it was just CES, and then everyone stopped thinking about CES completely. So I think in another like 10 years, we will just maybe stop thinking about E3 completely. And Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> it, it seems like a fitting end that 
it comes not from the ESA announcing anything, but we just kind of found out about it because of the convention center. Like that's it's like that, a leak. That lack of messaging and lack of clear plan is exactly why it happened to begin with. And so, yeah, all this being said, if next year there are like surprise E3 2024, it's happening. Like I would be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like I wouldn't, it wouldn't blow my mind. <laughs> you know? I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. Good I'd, for you. I'd be like, okay, can't wait for this to get canceled three days before it's <laughs> supposed to be yeah. waiting like a fire to festival this. Yeah, I'd, I'd be waiting to hear who is confirmed not coming again like we did yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. Right. I do. I just hope that, like, uh, I do like as busy and crazy as it is as people who sort of cover games. I like the big blast of just, like, a million things happening. Like, it's fun. I, I, I hope it doesn't spread out too much as, as, like, chaotic and stressful as that time of year is for me and for us. Like, I like, I like having it all. I like it like, you know, Christmas for gamers, right? Like, it's, I, I enjoy that. I hope that continues. Yeah, and it, it helps you get excited for, you know, the rest of the year and everything coming up. It it doesn't make a lot of sense for the publishers to, to squeeze everything into the same news cycle, but it is, as consumers, it's very fun. And hopefully that carries some weight with them that, you know, all all the all the collective user base of video games we all kind of want to see everyone there want to see them showing off and kind of it it has always felt like a celebration not just of what's coming up but kind of a celebration of video games that everyone comes into and i would hope that that everyone continues to try and pick a pick a close window in there mm-hmm. and share their stuff yeah and we're calling it mid-max summer fun time yep yes <laughs> can be branding our umbrella now uh hey uh jeff am i i had an important follow-up question for you about e3 which yeah. is of of course do you know how this whole thing operates um in max summer fun time i almost forgot the name <laughs> already uh it's all funded through patreon.com slash minmax right Here we are. that's right you nailed it see we can do this without man that's not that yeah. hard easy let's see he does this like this is nothing this is very easy for me to put together all these notes and stress about it all day (laughs) uh but yeah yeah patreon.com slash minmax two ends and of course we are also supported by rocket money not to be confused with rocket mortgage which happened in a recent episode uh go look that up it's it's hilarious but rocket money it's a service that helps you cancel unwanted subscriptions I'm, I'm sure you know we've all had to deal with this i got an email um this morning that was like oh by the way you've been charged for apple tv and peacock uh which are two services that i'm not actively <laughs> watching right now I, I signed up for peacock to watch poker face and uh that show's over so i don't know why i'm still paying money to peacock if i had rocket money they could have they could have helped me with that uh, but you know too little too late i guess at this point um Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills all in one place. Stop throwing away money, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash minmax with two N's. That's rocketmoney.com slash minmax. I'm going to say it one more time. 
rocketmoney.com slash minmax m-i-n-n-m-a-x there's two x two m two m two n's in there i said oh almost oh every God. letter no except for n <laughs> and of course uh we are also supported as we have been since nearly the dawn of minmax by i am 8-bit which is currently taking pre-orders on the vinyl soundtrack and art prints for uh the bug snacks soundtrack which is a very good video game i like bug snacks a lot last i checked it is my daughter's favorite video game of all time um wow maybe it might it might have been underseated by undertale or stardew valley at this point or maybe animal crossing but there was a time it was it was bug snacks like number one um yeah and then, so this uh the bug snacks soundtrack it's a two record collection on orange cream vinyl with album art from Nicole Gustafsson and music from Seth Parker. And it also has, of course, the It's Bug Snacks track from Carol Carol Bonita. We all know that song and love it. Jeff, can you sing it for me right now? Bug Snacks, it's a bug snack. It's like ba- you're pretty close, actually. Like uh, you're, yeah. It's not bad. Um, uh, there's also limited edition art prints available of that art on the vinyl, uh, printed on textured cotton rag paper. Is that exciting, wow. Kelsey? Fancy. Uh, yeah, of course, can you pronounce the next word? <laughs> I don't think I have that one written down, actually. I think okay. I, I just skipped it because I was like, I, I'm not, I, don't, I don't know what to do with that one. Um, and of course, we will select, uh, select a question of the week, as we do every week. And I am 8-Bit will send that person a prize in the mail. So let's all remember these questions and pick our favorite and just have a good old time. Matt parson matt parsa excuse me salutations minute ministers with two n's i'm not sure about that one uh quick question which is cooler mechs big robots or kaijus big monsters thank you i think i'm team mech are we i'm mech for sure yeah monsters yeah monsters monsters Monsters. the question was cooler though what what, what metric are you guys using yeah monsters cool. they got horns monsters. they got spikes they breathe fire they shoot lasers out of their eyes anything you can do a mech can do a, a monster can you do can, too you can build that into <laughs> yeah, a mech like, yeah but it's gonna like, cost you know, so much made, like <laughs> yeah it's like, you, can, like, you gotta get, get government funding you know yeah, but who would yeah. you like rather like hang out like cool right like a cool person you want to hang kaiju. out with them you want to go out to dinner you would rather get dinner with a kaiju than a godzilla he I mean, drink. I think I'd rather have I dinner with some Godzilla great than a mech. If that's yeah. <laughs> oh, Kelsey, you were there. supposed to be on my side. <laughs> oh gosh, mechs uh, are way cooler. Yeah. See. All right. Let, 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 that's it. No oh, more discussion. No. Kelsey yeah. ends it right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Chris asks, uh, or or states rather, and then ends with a question. Eventually, I've been having a lot of nightmares about video games lately. One based on vampire survivors. Another was just losing a lot of progress because of forgetting to save. What are some of your video game nightmares? Do you remember in Skyward Sword when you would first go to a location? You would go to a location, and you had to collect all the tears in Skyward Sword, and they would make it so like if you stepped out, was it if you stepped out of a shadow? You would basically get hunted down by these like spectral beasts. Do you guys remember yeah. this? Please tell me you remember. Yeah, the this. scariest moment in any Zelda. I yeah. literally had a nightmare about that. And it was so bad I could not pick up the game for a bit after that. Like oh, I had a dream that I was like looking for the tears, and I think after a while they will just start moving. 
Yeah, the, the Silent Realm, the Guardians would just start oh, like creepy. hunting you down, and they're like, "Oh, the Guardians are coming for you." I why was that so scary? It didn't need to be that scary. It's the music, I think, in the game, and it's like you're on a timer and you have to sprint everywhere. And if they mm-hmm. just touch you, it's game over. It's not even mm-hmm. like a violent end or anything like that. There is something really unsettling. It's about those legitimately sequences. terrifying. Yeah, and I did have a nightmare about it. I. I also mine is also Zelda. I don't know why I remember this so well, but like I am, I'm, I'm guys. I have like a Zelda problem, and I have pretty much my whole life. Um, and when they kind of reveal, I think it was like shortly after they revealed Twilight Princess, I was so excited for it, and I and it was like the I don't know if they stated it as much, but I think it was implied that it was going to be a darker tone and it was going to have like a T rating. I, maybe it was after they revealed it was going to have a T rating or something like that. But I had this like really memorable dream that I still remember to this day of like playing Twilight Princess like like years before it came out because it got delayed so much where like Link entered a dungeon and there were like dead bodies hanging from the ceiling. And I remember like in my dream, I was like, oh, boy, they're going really dark with. this." Oh, no, that's in the Wii one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you're not far off though because some of the cinematics in Twilight Princess are actually just nightmares like I think bodies do slowly fall from the sky but not in like a dead way but also in a dead way. Yeah they don't have pupils and stuff yeah Yeah. it's weird but yeah I don't know why I remember that so well it's just the idea of like a dark violent Zelda I don't know Okay but is the, the person who wrote in this question they said their nightmares are about like forgetting to save and stuff right so like that's yeah, a different yeah. that's like anxiety not like content of the video game but like anxiety is about yeah. yourself that have to do with video games which i think is fascinating i've never had that for a video game but i have that for my stores like constantly like i have nightmares oh, I about imagine. like uh there's a whole store i forgot about that i haven't been going to or scheduling <laughs> anyone for or like there's just a line out the door or like the lights aren't working anymore just all kinds of stuff, but I've never had that about a video game, and I think that's really interesting. Really, I've had dreams where like I forget the controls for a game while I'm playing it. I don't know. <laughs> Is yeah, that I one weird? Know. I, I would I, like forget I, the controls. I have a tons of video game dreams. I actually like did a feature on it for Game Informer many years ago, where I talked to like uh, psychologists and doctors and stuff about why video games are so particularly adept at invading your dreams and. That they talked about the Tetris effect, you know, and stuff like that, like way before Tetris effect came out. But um, I like I remember I yeah, I have all kinds of Zelda dreams all the time. I was dreaming about uh, Ultra Hand a lot, like when I was playing Tears of the Kingdom and uh, like all that. Like I always I always have God of War dreams whenever a new God of War comes out. It's weird. Maybe I'm hmm. a broken person. Sounds like it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, the ultra hand did show up in my dreams a little bit for a little yeah. while so you're not you're not alone there at least yeah portal as well i would dream about portals uh yeah for sure let's see uh and oh wait uh, amador lopez with the recent nintendo direct behind us many think nintendo is officially starting its slowdown period in preparation for the next generation do you think this is the case based off the announced titles or is there still a ways to go similar to the 3ds i feel like that's giving a lot of credit to the idea that nintendo ramps up and ramps down versus just nintendo has dry periods and sometimes those coincide with a new system coming and i mean we're getting a new mario game this year yeah that was the one thing that like the the sort of thesis of the question which i i recognize what they're getting at is like 
is there any hint that a new a new console is coming, which I would be excited about? But it doesn't feel like they're slowing down to me. We've got Pikmin 4 is right around the corner. They announced a new Mario. Like you said, Tears of the Kingdom like just came out. We got a new Wario we're coming. Uh, the Super Mario RPG remake. Like Those are all things that are really exciting to me that say to me that Switch still has a lot of life left in it. But And I, I guess it think. always feels like Nintendo has at least one big game where they're like, oh, crap, let's just bridge it between the two systems because, you know, it's coming out towards the end of it anyway. So I don't know. I, I, if, it feels like we're still in a very good place, whether the, you know, whenever the next system comes, it still feels like there's a lot of Nintendo stuff immediately on the horizon that, um, that I'm excited yeah. about. Yeah, I agree. Uh, not enough hype last week for Super Mario RPG, you guys. I'm sorry. I was... You guys need to be over the moon for that thing. I'm excited for that game. <laughs> I'm so excited we, for excited. everyone else. I know. Well, and for myself. Like, I'm excited to play yeah, it. But yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, I know there are people losing their minds right now, and I'm very happy for them. Yeah. Um, Kyle was one of them. I was one of them. It, yeah. That game, just as quick aside, that game is very special to me because I... Uh, had played uh, RPGs like over like a friend's house or something, which if you just like play 10 minutes of Final Fantasy VI in the middle of someone's save at a friend's house when like Donkey Kong Country and, uh, you know, Super Mario World is like right there. You're, you're, I didn't get it. I was like, you just like walk around and people fight you and you just like have to select from a menu. This sucks. Why would anybody like this? And Mario RPG was the first turn-based rpg that i played to completion and finished and and had that sort of epiphany of like oh okay it's about like getting stronger and like you know that's that was like me understanding sort of rpgs on a basic level so i was i was very excited to see uh super mario rpg getting a remake that's that's very cool i just want to know when can i start being obnoxious about animal crossing again like (laughs) i I watched that direct and i was like do i get to start asking about animal crossing now like it's been three years like do i I know it's going to be at least seven years lord knows it'll be 10 years but it's like when do i get to start being obnoxious well maybe they'll release a board game for you yeah oh and and (laughs) animal crossing and evil fest too yeah oh my god i still remember my like just the the range of emotions i felt in that like 10 second period when that was still (laughs) when that was first shown off because they did not make it obvious in the first few seconds like it was was just like a board game yeah, it was just like nice looking Animal Crossing models. So like, what else am I supposed to think this I is going to be? I paid full price for Animal Crossing. Me too. Fest, even though it went on sale like three days after it came out. Oh my gosh. Oh, I pre-ordered it. Yeah, this I was. This is my uh, shame. This is the burden yep. I bear. Um, oh, what is the feasibility? I keep going off on these tangents. I've, I thought about this a lot. Maybe uh, Kelsey and, and Sarah, you guys could talk about this because it's like a kind of a localization question and like uh, an old game question. Could what is the feasibility of releasing the N64 Animal Crossing on the Switch uh, online service? There's just no reason to. But they, I mean, it's the, it's it the same weird, as the GameCube though. game, but missing a lot of features. So, yeah. like, I think it would only confuse and upset people because they'd be like, "Where's Blathers? Where's the you know?" Like, it's it's just like that would be me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's really just an incomplete version of the GameCube one. So I feel. Okay. I just feel like it wouldn't even be smart to release it, honestly. It's just such a weird (laughs) curio. It's one of those things that I don't think a lot of people realize, right? Like, Mm -hmm. understandably, in America, many people found Animal Crossing on GameCube. And 
and please correct me if I'm wrong, but but it's basically an expanded port of the 64 game in, from Japan, mm-hmm. right? It is. Okay. What I think is way more fascinating and fascinating, and what would be way cooler, and this will never happen, but um, if they released Animal Crossing E+, um, you know, localized to that and released it back in the States. So the, the way yeah, Animal that? Crossing... Yeah, okay. So it was an N64 game. Then they made a, a GameCube version, um, and then we got a localization that had some like changes and some kind of like it's kind of like a step in between, like a you know let's let's call Animal Crossing on the 64 like you know the 0.75 you know 75 percent of the way there, then like 100 percent with the with the GameCube one, and then like I don't know 150 kind of like half step in between there, and then they retranslated that back into Japanese and added even more features and release that as Animal Crossing E+. So it has um, mm. the e-reader capabilities, but it's like it's expanded even further. Um, they can act kind of like the amiibo cards do. So there's like certain villagers you can only get by having those e-reader cards. Um, it also does something that they didn't revisit again until New Leaf, which was like putting things in your town, like, you know, like a little um, like a bench or a, a lamp post or something like that. Um, so that was actually in like one of the earliest games, and they didn't do it again until the 3DS one. Um, so that one to me is the much more like fascinating one that I think, you know, I feel like a good amount of people know the N64 one exists. Not as many people know that there is like an expanded GameCube one. There's like mm-hmm. a, a GameCube Plus one, you know? Um, so I don't think they'll ever do it. And there's been like a fan translation project that's been going on for years at this point that is you know just inching ever closer to completion but yeah I'd, i'm sure they'll never do it but that would be the cool one to see over here yeah and you can pre-order kelsey lewin's animal crossing book <laughs> right now i think, I think so yeah okay, it's, right. um i don't like the kickstarter's not the kickstarter's over but i'm pretty okay. sure you can still buy i mean it will be available for sale even if you can't pre-order it right now i should know that off the top of my head yeah <laughs> Well, in case anyone was wondering, it's like, why does she know so much about Animal Crossing? <laughs> Which I guess no one, if, if anyone has listened to MinMax or any of your podcasts, Kelsey, it's like, I don't think they question that anymore. It's like, yeah, she's an expert. <laughs> like, It's not some surprise that she knows a ton about Animal Crossing. Let's see. Uh, next question from Chris McDowell. Like water levels in many classic games, what is your least favorite farming mechanic? Has it bled over into other games? Okay, so my least favorite farming mechanic... In Harvest Moon DS, you could you had to build your own barn, right? You had to gather materials and build your barn. And you could make essentially they tiered it. It used to just be wood, but they tiered it from like fodder, wood, stone, and then there was some like final, like high higher level metals. If you picked fodder, the barn it was the cheapest to do, the barn would just randomly collapse and kill all your animals inside. <laughs> oh. If oh you picked wood it would only randomly collapse whenever it rained, which was often. If you picked stone, it would only collapse during terrible storms, which happened at least once a year, and it would once again collapse, killing all your animals inside. And it is one of, like, literally, <laughs> I played that game. Oh it was one of the first games you could, like, pet your animals, like you would pet them with the stylus. Very cute game, oh, very fun. No. But quite literally, after, like, three barn collapses, I had to put the game down and never play it again. Yeah, understandable. Whose idea was this? Like, it was expensive. The animals are expensive, and then they, they literally all died. 
It's no survivors. Like a Sick. three little pigs reference yeah. or something. I don't know. It's awful. This it sounds like the idea yeah. of like some some guy who joined the team and was like, "There's not enough risk in my farm. There's not enough realism in my <laughs> yeah. farm. There's not enough. You can't just lose it all." So animals Barns fall down all the time when it rains. Don't you know that? <laughs> don't, don't they know that? <laughs> Famously. <laughs> yeah, my my answer, which seems trivial now, would be the storms that come in and ruin your crops, which is the same the same bent of like what masochist designed this? Why would you do? Th- I get I get that storms are probably a more pressing concern for real farmers than barn collapses. But still, it's not a, it's not a fun thing. And even if it only like in the in the old Harvest Moon games, especially even if it only like would hit a couple squares. It's like that would screw up, you know, just the the symmetry the of everything. Cycle. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you would you would have to replant that one and then it's off from everything else. It's just it's a sucky mechanic. Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah, it's weird how in the early farm games, they really tried to like. I don't know, make put you in states of despair, make you feel like uh-huh. farming was like grueling and that you were overcoming something when like nobody plays farming games to suffer we all yeah. play farm games because we are suffering and we want to not suffer for a little bit <laughs> yeah. i was I, kind of in like the middle of nowhere um this last weekend and i was driving past people like working on actual farms and it was just one of those things where i'm like wow that looks just a thousand times worse yeah. than it is in video games like most things are better in video or most things are better in video games but like i feel like it's probably the highest like you know differential between what it's yeah. actually like and how enjoyable it is in a video game. yeah it's it's a real nightmare my my brother's wife's family are all farmers and it's like you can't take a vacation because the the animals need tending to every day like it's cute mm-hmm. in harvest moon when you go out and milk your cow twice a day but like when that's your your actual livelihood you have to do that every day that's not fun that's not fun kyle i believe you i i one thing like listen you guys talk about this i feel like in the last like seriously only like five or six years is when developers finally started removing like like video games had to have a level of danger to them like mm-hmm. since their inception like it had to be combative and like it's i feel like it's only recently game like developers have been like oh hold on we, we can just make this kind of a chill relaxing thing we don't have to have danger mm-hmm. at every turn you know yeah i think that's yeah. like the kids who played the game where they barn like the barn collapses and now they're making the game right and they were like i actually played these games and I did not like this, so I will not be putting it in my game. <laughs> right. Yeah. See, uh, Duderado says, Howdy, y'all. What's a game that will automatically make you like someone if they say it's one of their favorites? Uh, my opinion, if someone shoots up drastically, if they mention Baldur's Gate 2 or Mystical Ninja starring Goemon. Or is it Goemon? I'm not sure. This, for me, has always been uh, Team, team Ico. Like if you like Ico or Shadow of the Colossus or Last Guardian, I'm like, yeah, I th- we can probably be friends. <laughs> like just something; mm-hmm. those games are very emotional and specific. That it's like you you kind of go through something playing all three of those games. So if, if I know someone else who has gone through that same thing, uh, I like you. Yeah, mine's probably like if they like Outer Wilds, or if they liked Divinity Original Sin Two. 
it's like, oh, we're the same kind of weirdo. Like, now I know. <laughs> I know we're the same weirdo. And uh, Kelsey and Jeff, there, there's no game that will make you like anybody. Honestly, I was I was trying to think about that question. It's like, it's a pretty easy sell for me. If you say anything that I even vaguely like, if you said Stardew Valley, I'd be like, cool, you're cool. I like you. It's, I think it's like growing up in an era where liking video games was still an alienating thing that it's like oh you like video games cool i i don't i don't need any more than that than to uh think you're a you're a cool person yeah for me i mean i i don't think there's any like one video game where i'm like oh that's it. like we've got the same brain but i will say there's probably some things where it's like within a series like if you're like oh within animal crossing i really like the gamecube one or like within um persona i really like persona 3 or something like that i might be like hey Mm. that's my opinion too and (laughs) therefore we're friends (laughs) uh the the one one uh says hello min max crew what do you do with the controller when long cutscenes play do you hold on to it or put it down this is a, I'll put it down. an interesting question because I like had never thought about what I'm doing with my hands during a cutscene, and I think it never occurred to me, like unless I am getting up to like make a snack or something like that. Like it never really occurred to me to like set the controller down. I, I like I'm not like no, yeah, ripping it or anything. I'm just yeah. like it's still in my hands because I'm still playing a video game. I don't know. I this is one of those moments similarly where I was like. I don't know if I've ever really considered that specifically. And I realized because I play uh, often very reclined, like I sit in a recliner and I'm like way back. So if a long cutscene plays, this is very strange. I actually, and maybe in the video version, you can see this. I have like a, a switch control here. I put it right here because I'm like laying back. <laughs> I put it like below my neck because like I know exactly where it is because it's kind of in an awkward place and I'm not going to press any buttons by accident if it's there. And uh, it's not until I read that question that I was like, that's kind of weird and, and arguably dumb, but that is know, extremely weird. Yes. And if it, if, it, if it vibrates, you know, in the middle of a cutscene, I'm like, and it oh, chokes you. That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I'll, because, I will, yeah. I will sometimes put it down because I'm afraid of accidentally pressing a button that's going to mm-hmm. skip, even though most of them now it's like you have to hold it in for 15 seconds anyway or whatever. But I will sometimes put it down very precariously if it's if it's a uh, PlayStation controller because the triggers you can sometimes trigger by putting it down but that's about the only time I'll put it down if it's like this is a longer cutscene I definitely want to see what happens and I don't want to accidentally you know heavy heavy thumb the A button or whatever yeah I th- we probably I haven't tried have- putting it on my neck though so <laughs> Maybe I'll we gotta try, be try balancing it trick. on my head next time. Yeah. I think I'm just gonna. The we're scary gonna find... part is when you think you're in a cutscene and then you get like a quick time event. Mm-hmm. Like I have <laughs> moments where I will like settle into a cutscene and I'll put the controller down, and then all of a sudden they'll be like press X and I'm like oh I didn't I wasn't holding the controller <laughs> and then you kind of have to scramble for it and yeah. pick it back up. I mean there was there was an era there pre YouTube when games started having cutscenes where skipping the cutscene would be like any button on the controller with mm-hmm. the lightest mm-hmm. press. And like I like PS1, PS2 era where like I skipped important cutscenes by accident and there was no easy way to get back to them, really. I mean, I guess maybe you could close the game and like pick up from your old save. 
like now maybe if that happened again i would like look it up on youtube but like like there were there was a period of time where i was like had to hold the controller like in front of me like this and like i'm not pressing any buttons during this moment i i can't i can't make that mistake again uh brady griffith says uh what games did you try long after the release date and find that they were extremely your jam why did you put it off I never played the original Dead Space because I thought it would be too scary, but I wanted to finally try it to compare it to the remake, and I loved it. Flew through it uh, in a few days and eventually got 100% of the achievements, and of course, they also listened to The Deepest Dive. Thanks for listening to that, Brady Griffin. Brady, Brady Griffith, excuse me. Uh, mine was the, was, um, is it the Minish Cap? Which one did you just, you just convinced me to play, Kyle? On the Game Boy Which Advance Zelda one? Game. Yes. Yeah, uh, the Minish Cap, yeah. Yeah, I had never played that, and I, my only, I, I didn't have a Game Boy Advance, and I just never put together in my brain in the years since then that it's basically like uh, Link to the Past, which I guess is one of those games that if you tell me that's your favorite Zelda game, that's when I'm instantly fall in love with you as well. So <laughs> circle back to that one. But yeah, just playing, I didn't beat it because I ended up managing to erase like several hours of gameplay by screwing up like because you can save in the game or you can do the quick save through switch online and i save state yeah yeah i boned myself on that but up until that point um it was like oh this is this is like a sequel to my favorite game you know one of my favorite games of all time so uh yeah yeah man they have to put link between worlds on switch so you can play that because that's that is genuinely a sequel to your favorite game of all time. Turns but I, I recognize it would, it would be kind of a, I don't know. Do you even have a 3DS at this point? Like, could you even track down a 3DS easily? No. Yeah. Uh, my answer is Pikmin. I learned I'm a Pikmin fan by playing Pikmin 1 yeah, uh, in the past two or three days, <laughs> I guess. Happy mine's for probably, you. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, mine's probably Red Dead Redemption 2. I picked it up hmm. in like the last two years. <laughs> And now I picked it up just in time for everyone to like look back and be like, was it that good? And I'm like, come on, guys. Didn't you cry? Wasn't it such a Rocky the Pinkertons? And now it's like, oh, man. Picked it up is just that, in is time. Is that where we are the... with that I game? don't know. I went on the giant bomb couch and Jeff Grubb, suddenly we were debating if Red Dead Redemption 2 was good. And I was like, I thought we all thought it was good. <laughs> yeah, no, that game's incredible. I, people, I, like, I, there, I guess, I know, like, uh, I believe Dan Reichert over at Giant Bomb does not like Red Dead Redemption 2. I could, maybe I'm misquoting him, but yeah, no, I, I absolutely cried at the end of that game multiple yeah. times. I, I definitely beautiful. went in thinking that was like, oh, stupid cowboy game. And then at the end, it's like single tear rolls down <laughs> cheek. Like what a beautiful game. Beautiful cowboy game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, uh, I I don't know that I have a. In case anyone. That's true, wondering. Jeff. And we haven't even yeah. brought the fact that Jeff <laughs> won't finish it. I know. It, I it, it, felt, so we're all it felt so awkward that no one brought it up that I, ben, that I had not here. We don't have this joke opportunity. Why aren't you? Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I really. I don't know that I really have like a. I guess like the Persona series because I started with um, Persona Three, but in like I don't know 2012 or something like that, and then just flew through the rest of them. But um, I I guess that's my answer. (laughs) I I found out I like Persona late, but I think everyone did, so Mm -hmm. that's not that special. Yeah. Uh, speaking of missed joke opportunities, I'm glad you, you mentioned that because I got two here. Uh, Bert Stanton says, missed, missed bad joke opportunity when discussing Diablo 4, Diablo 4's in-game storefront last week. Someone should have call it, called it diabolical or devilish. Uh, Jeff, that's on you, dude. That, that's your mistake. 
You know, I did, I used to, I used to do, um, terrible headline like features at Game Informer where I would make up stupid review headlines. I would, I would criticize everyone else's review, actual review headlines. And then I'd make up an extremely stupid one. And I, I did one with, I think, Diabolical, (laughs) how, how, turning Diablo into Diabolical. And it was was perfect. Really stupid, stupid article. So Uh, there you go. From Ampex. That was Bert Stanton, by the way, who called us out on that one. I don't know if I said their name. Uh, Ampex said, Missed joke opportunity two weeks ago when Sarah was talking about playing the Haunty demo after it was shown on Day of the Devs. She said it made her tear up and that she was completely devastated on the first day of SGF. When I heard this, I couldn't believe no one on the podcast said, Day of the Devastated. Oh. I'm sorry, Ampex. I don't think I was on that one, so I, I'm, I'm clear. I'm good. Uh, let's see. Hey, MinMax crew. Uh, this is Mr. Buttons with the release of Pikmin one and two on switch. I, I, we've talked a lot about Pikmin. I promise this question isn't directly related to Pikmin. Uh, people have been sharing their devastating speaking of devastating and often hilarious moments of losing their Pikmin online to make them feel better. What are some of the most memorable or embarrassing mistakes you've made while playing games? Uh, Jeff, I believe, I believe you accidentally never finished red dead redemption two. Somehow. Oh Yeah. <laughs> No, uh, I, I did have one recently that that it was captured on one of the streams where I was playing Shadows of Doubt that uh, Leo was talking about so much, and I was investigating a murder, and I was going around this suspect's house, and I was like collecting all these clues. I was in there for like thirty minutes, just like I found a poem that was that was written to someone, but it was crumpled up and thrown in the garbage, so it was all all you know very suspicious. And then like thirty minutes into it, someone in the chat pointed out that I was in the wrong apartment and it was actually the next door apartment. And I had broken into the wrong apartment and spent all that time uh, like the world's greatest detective would. So I just kind of slunk out and closed the door and then went into the next house. I think I also robbed a bunch of stuff while I was there too, which I kind of feel bad about (laughs) in hindsight, but it was, it was definitely a face palming moment of, Oh my God, it was 1307, not 1306. What it was, like, where am I? That's perfect. Yeah. My go-to is always that I killed the very first shiny Pokemon I ever encountered. Um, oh no. Because I, I, you know, I, when Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire came out, I was like sort of keeping up on the news, but also I was a child. So like by keeping up on the news, it was just like, I had my subscription to Game Informer or whatever. And like, I like read whatever preview or information there was about that. And I talked with kids at school. Um, so the first Zangoose I ever encountered, which is a red and white Pokemon, um, was a blue one uh, that was male. And I was like, I, you know, I kind of seen like a photo of the red one before. And I was just kind of like, oh, like the males must be blue. The females are red. This makes sense to me. And I killed it, and I was like, oh, well. And then uh, it dawned on me, like, seven Zangooses later. I was like, oh, that that was a shiny Pokemon, and I just killed it. And there's no going back from that, so. Yeah, you've made that version extinct within the... I know, yeah, I killed them all. I was the only (laughs) one. Can you... This is a very basic Pokemon question. Can you breed shinies? Okay. You can't like, you can't like guarantee a shiny by breeding shinies. Okay, that's what I was. You get, yeah. yeah, you get like better odds, I think. But I, I also, actually, I don't think that's true. I think the odds are just better if you 
like have two different if you have Pokemon from two different regions and some other it depends on the game. It's different in every game, but but cool. no, you can't I know you for sure can't breed more shinies with a shiny, like guaranteed. Okay. I guess that makes sense. Uh Tom Rickard says, Hey Minmax crew and specifically Kelsey. I'm planning a trip to Seattle in October and was curious what everyone prefers when they go on vacation. Do you like checking out the tourist traps? Prefer finding the nearest hiking trails or just enjoy the hotel life for Seattle. I'm definitely going to check out North bend as I'm a huge twin peaks fan. And yes, probably take a look at pink gorilla. Yay. Hopefully it's one of the um, stores that Kelsey remembers, you know, that yeah. she has staff. That never exists. Yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> if you show um, up when the lights are off, Kelsey forgot about that store. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if everything's just kind of like decrepit looking and falling apart, but it's still full of games that I've forgotten about somehow. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not a huge tourist trap person. It has to be like the right kind of tourist trap like a, a genuinely good museum or something like that um but i definitely i definitely go on vacations to do like a i don't know one or two days of like see what this place is actually like and then the rest of the time i'm just chilling i'm like i just want to find good restaurants i just want to relax i hope there's a, a pool or a beach or something like that depending on where i am and yeah, I don't, I don't like the like super stressful. We got to fit everything in mm -hmm. vacation life. I, I kind of used to be that way, but now I'm just, now I just want to chill. Yeah. I'm not like a fill the schedule type person. I hate that when they're like from eight to 10, we're going to do this. And then from 10 to what I, I am very much like I get up. I have like my little like morning routine that I do you know, get breakfast, and then from there we are like, what do we want to do between now and lunch? Like, I don't like the maximize everything. You don't min-max vacation. No, I don't min-max vacation. Uh, let's see. Stark asks, what's the best game with the worst beginning? Uh, my... My answer for this, my kind of go-to, which I feel like I've discussed this before, is I really adore Castlevania Lords of Shadow. I think that's a really fantastic game with a cool story. And uh, the first level is fine. And then the second level is like terrible. Like you're suddenly in a swamp and you move really slowly. And like I, to the point where I put the game down, I was like, I don't like this. This is so disappointing. I was so excited for this. Kojima involved in a Castlevania game. This seemed like it was going to be cool. And I put it down. And then like two months later, I came back and beat that level. And from there, the game like takes off like a rocket ship and only just gets better and better and better till the final moment. Uh, so that, that one has always been my sort of worst beginning game. Like that second level is just so terrible. But the rest of the game is so good. I love that game. <laughs> Yeah, mine's got to be Final Fantasy XIV because, like, people get into it and you're like, okay, so, like, beginning MMO, like, you've got four buttons and none of them do much and it's a lot of, like, the story is kind of, like, questionable in the beginning, a lot of, bo a lot of boring stuff, a lot of text, a lot of quests, a lot of dumb quests. And you're I mean, like, oh, but just wait until you hit Heavensward, then it'll really open up and then they hit Heavensward and you're like, wait until you hit Shadowbringers, then it'll really open up. I mean, that game, I tried to sort of get, like, I was like, oh, my, well, we'll all play it as a family, you know? 
And it was just, it was a dead end. Like I could not get everyone signed up on different platforms. Just like even mm-hmm. before you get to the game, the whole process of trying to make an account to play Final Fantasy 14 is it's a nightmare. It's terrible. <laughs> Especially when you live under the same roof too. You'll Ugh. run into issues where Squares like thinks that you're like spoofing. Even though like they just can't understand that like people living under the same roof might want to play Final Fantasy 14. Yeah. No, it was, it was, I was, I think I even messaged you a couple times, Sarah, where I was like, what do I need to do here? How's this work? I mean, I, we got like through the, like after like weeks, because it was also during the time when everyone was trying to sign on. So they like wouldn't let new players come in for a while. Mm. And it was just like, we eventually after a week's like uh, one of us played through like the first like 30 minutes or something like that. And it was just like impenetrable. Like I, it's, we just couldn't figure anything out. So sorry, Final Fantasy 14. I tried. I really tried. I promise. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, let's end. This is kind of a. I worry about the, if I didn't have the answers to this, I don't think I would be able to get this uh, quiz, but we're going to do it. I'm going to put you guys in the position Perfect. of doing Great. your best. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'll look smart because I know the answers because Sean Rubin gave them to me. Uh, Sean Rubin writes, hi, Min Max. Are you familiar with the classic Jeopardy category before and after? You need to find two answers that share an overlapping word and combine them into one. For example, McDonald's signature burger is this uh, is this kid. Oh, hold on, sorry, McDonald's signature burger and this kid-friendly pasta dinner. The correct answer is Big Mac and cheese. Does that does that make sense to you guys? You get a clue, and it's like I was thinking Whopper, so I was doomed to begin with. But uh, <laughs> sure. If you tried to order sense. Whopper at McDonald's, they would kick you out. They would. They would, would. You'd, you'd have your your I'd be picture ashamed. on the wall. Shame my so entire lineage. Do not serve this man. Uh, I, yeah, so we'll all work together on these, except me, because I'm a genius and I know all the answers already. Um, in 2020, the Polish Prime Minister announced that this indie survival game would be added to that year's recommended reading list for Polish high schools which might not be that impressive considering it's also the highest selling video game of all time. That's The Witcher, but how does that... There's another what, Polish What was game. the second half? What? Uh, <laughs> so let, let's, we'll focus on the clues here. You got Polish uh, survival game and the highest selling video game of all time. Maybe that sort of uh, simplifies it a um, little bit. This one's is the highest selling video game of all time not Tetris? Uh, not in this example, Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at backstage pass and hoping somebody says something. It's like uh, copy. Oh, it's will... like it's like is it like we no like Weecher? <laughs> Those like Wii Sports or something. <laughs> all right, I mean, this one. This one is. I feel like maybe I actually even should have rearranged these because this one's especially tough. This War of Minecraft. Uh, oh, okay. So this War of Mine, oh. Minecraft. That's a tough one, Sean Rubin. Okay. Okay. This goofy, I, the rest of these I think are a little breezier. Okay. This goofy adventure game franchise about cartoon cops takes a turn when the protagonist's family is murdered. Max Payne. There you go. Hell yeah. Oh, See? Deliver us. <laughs> Uh, what is Sam and Max Payne? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, this FPS was the ultimate multiplayer game before online gaming became common, but it was a little strange that it required this unusual peripheral device for the PS2. 
uh, doom something. Yeah, FPS's ultimate multiplayer game. game before online gaming became common. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. Um, mm. And a strange little PS2 peripheral. Oh, wait, did you look at chat last time, Jeff? I, no, I didn't. Okay. No, I don't think anyone, no one even said that one. But I did see this one. I'll minimize chat now so I don't ruin anymore. <laughs> you got to give us something, <laughs> like a, a hint or something. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Yeah. Okay. So the the multiplayer game it was an N sixty four game. How about that? That's a big. Okay. Clue. So golden. Oh, golden eye toy. There you go. See, you guys are brilliant. You geniuses. There you go. Uh, let's see. This wild game was an was originally a Nintendo console exclusive and featured parodies of Saving Private Ryan, The Matrix, and Alien. And it was also Tim Schafer's first game as a project lead, a point and click classic. So we got Tim Schafer's first Conker's game. Bad Fur Day of the Tentacle. Jeffum. Wow, that's man. good. How does like your brain even do that? <laughs> Sarah, you'll get this one. I'm, nope. I'm confident in you. Nope. Just wait. Just wait till you hear it. <laughs> <laughs> this, game, <laughs> this GameCube port of this action platformer has a slightly altered name. A uh, good thing, too, because without it, you wouldn't be able to play this hilarious 2D co-op platformer from the makers of Castle Crashers. Now, this one's actually pretty tough, Sarah. I'm sorry. I should have. I should have <laughs> GameCube port of an action platformer with a slightly altered name and then a game from the creators of Castle Crashers. Neither of those are. One has a uh, licensed soap shoes in it, although I don't know if the GameCube version did. Maybe mm, just the Dreamcast Okay, so did. it's Sonic... It's Sonic Adventure. And then I don't know. Yeah, what, I, was the, what was the GameCube is, version called? You remember? Uh, DX. It's just mm-hmm. Sonic. Oh, oh, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. Is that? There, you're so close. <laughs> Battle, what is half. the? Yeah. By the way, I just want to uh, say it's Battle really theater. fun to be. Yes. There you go, Jeff. Um, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle Block Theater. Battle we all remember Battle Block. We really forgot theater. the name of that game, so. <laughs> But I was just going to say, I like being on this side of it where I have all the answers. This is cool. Yeah. This is fun. This is like a good, this is a very difficult quiz, but it is like, <laughs> it is interesting. And I don't know. It's creative. Okay. Let's see. Uh, after getting over it, Bennett Foddy helped develop the stylish top down indie game. And it was a survival horror game where you run for your life through a mental asylum. So we got Bennett Foddy's follow up game. Which I I actually don't know if I knew Bennett Foddy was involved in this game. <laughs> Perfect. And then a survival horror game where you run for your life through a mental asylum. And it's top down. Or the 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 first one is the second one's a first person horror game. I'm giving you guys extra clues. Was the second one Outlast? Yes. Okay. Well, I got a game, so I'm gonna keep count that yeah. as a win for me. Although you didn't get Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. I didn't understand like the slightly changed name. Yeah, then you have to confusing. know what the other name is. Did did he work on Ape Out? Ape Ape Outlast? There you go. You did, there, there you go. That's good. I didn't know he worked on <laughs> Ape Out. No, right? Neither did I. All right. Uh, there's more? There's one more. This is the last one. Last <laughs> last quiz, last question, and then we're we're done with this episode after this. Okay. A pair of jokester magicians helped create this game that was canceled 
before release. It was a revolutionary first-person parkour platformer. Um, which is a stupid Penn and Teller's uh, uh, Desert Bus. Well, that was just one game. No, that's that's on inside it. What is it? Smoking yeah. Mirrors. Smoking Mirrors Edge. Mirrors there Edge. There you go. See, you guys. I got there this. I go. can do this. You got it. You I can only ever get one of the games. You got Outlast. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't gonna get that one. So. In in re- honestly, guys, I don't think I would have gotten any of those. So it was it was fun for me to have all the answers and just quiz you. Well, the I point, ben is, the point is, we we got through them all together. Yeah, I will say that's what matters. I am impressed with Sam and Max Payne. You really you got that one very. Yeah, quickly. you got that instantly. Okay, so uh, let's decide on question of the week. I'm going to go through a couple of these. We've got uh, mechs versus kaijus. Uh, is Nintendo getting ready to release a new uh, system? I liked uh, learning about the barns that kills all the, the animals. The farming Not, mechanics. I, I don't, did too, yeah. I, I, Let me be clear. I don't like learning that that was a mechanic, but I'm I'm yeah. surprised that that was a mechanic in a farming that someone game. Was cra- I literally, I had to Google it to verify because it just sounded like a bad dream. <laughs> I was like, why do I very, why do I strongly remember barn collapses being a mechanic? There were good uh, questions this week. Yeah. yeah. They were good conversations. Should we go with a fa- least favorite farming mechanic? Should we yeah, give it to that one? Let's sure. give it up for the farming games. All right. So yeah. that was Chris McDowell. Uh, Chris McDowell asked that question, which is a good question. Nice. We learned a lot about you, horrifying <laughs> farming sim mechanics. I think I think between Kelsey and I, we could do a whole farming game breakdown of like the drama, the history, the sacrifice. Well, look, the now's the time mechanics. to do <laughs> now's the time to do that episode of the Minmax show uh with Ben out. Mm-hmm. Um, no one I'm, can stop you. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have our Kingdom Hearts episode, our favorite actors roundup yeah. episode. But uh, yeah, so that's it. That's it for this week uh, for the MinMax show. I I'll be back again next week. I'm sure someone on this panel will be back next week. Maybe all of us. Maybe we'll be back again. Uh, what do we have going on? Can you guys help me plug some MinMax things? I know we're we're a little floaty on the next episode of Deepest Dive because it turns out Tears of the Kingdom is just an absolutely massive game. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to host that final episode, but I am I'm in that position where I have, I finished the game. So I'm, I'm just kind of, I want to wait for everyone to be in a good place to sort of play it without having Mm -hmm. to rush through it. Uh, we have, we're tentatively scheduled to record this coming Monday, July 3rd, but I want to say here that that might change it uh, like, cause we, I I think we want to give people more time to play more tears of the kingdom. It's a very good video game. It turns out, but, um, yeah, is there, what else is going on on the Minimax show in, in the coming weeks? Uh, uh, I'm, we've got party I'm, chat on Mondays. We've got a uh, new show plus on Tuesdays, and then Jeffy streaming this week. I'm streaming more Zelda tomorrow, uh, and then Sarah, you have cream of the steam after that. Mm-hmm. The summer of cream. So, <laughs> so double a double stream day. Pour it over the Min Max summer fun time umbrella. Is that right? Right. Exactly. You know, Janet was in the comments and she asked if it's fun time or fun times, though. Time singular, I've... just to play off summer game fest singular, right? But I mean, we sat around and said what a huge mistake that was. So I are, feel are like we... time singular is so it's like Midmax Happy Summer Fun Time because it is an event. It's yeah. not Happy Summer Fun Times. Okay. Like it, it yeah. is like it doesn't. We don't call it E three. You're off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fun time. Yeah. Done. We got Keeley's all Keeley's stuff in there. (laughs) 
our umbrella and is anything bigger. else that happens anything during else, the summer it's under our or umbrella. fall or spring kind of that whole let's window. just take the whole year uh, let's just do everything that nintendo direct yeah. that was right re- that was ours too that was us uh, but yeah, thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. I will be back. I think the plan is for me to host for the next three weeks, and then we'll have a mystery host after that. Uh, so I'm what you got for a little while. So I, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be good. Have no. fun. Let, oh, get a load oh, of this. Wait, get a load of this. Be good. Wow. Have fun. Get a it load was, of this. Was, get a load of this. I was wondering if this was going to be a moment where it was like, um, teacher, you didn't collect the no. homework. Oh my <laughs> god! Thank you. Uh, yeah, let's. Uh, you know, you guys, it's time for a little something called "Get a load of this." But and no. I'm sorry that I genuinely forgot. Uh, Do this we have not to me. sit in silence, or are they going to put the music in and post? You missed it. Know. It already happened. Oh, it's been probably. I don't know. I don't know what the edited thing's going to sound like. That's. That's not my problem. <laughs> it's a lovely song. Sorry, Jenna. Um, yeah, get a load of this. Jeffum, do you have a, a good get a load of this? I do. Get a load of this. Uh, this comes from the Hyrule Engineering Reddit, which might as well just... I, might, I, need, I need like an RSS feed to just feed in my get a load of this every week from this. Uh, because this time around, a person called Cheese Puff created what he named the sky base which is an infinite flying platform with wonderful handling light tower light towing power and sweet aerobatics and it's like i don't i don't even understand the engineering that's completely involved in this but he somehow created kind of a turbine engine that has some batteries that are attached to clubs that spin around but so basically he gets this thing like powered up and he can fly on it, but then he can get off of the sticks and the and the batteries kick in, not his Zoni batteries anymore, but the but actual batteries that charge up while he's flying it and then they continue to go while he, while his Zoni battery like refuels and he can also, you know, snipe enemies because it continues flying well when he's not controlling it. And then you can get back on the sticks and continue flying. And it's just a real, you know, uh, engineering marvel that you should check out. He has an entire video kind of explaining how to put it together yourself. Um, and it's it's ridiculous what people are creating in that game still. Yeah, no, it's wild. Are you going to uh, build that tomorrow on your stream? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. If the if the community demands it, I will do whatever whatever they ask i always leave it up to them uh to figure out what i it's always what a I good choice that that's why it's yep. taking you so long to play the yep. game jeff <laughs> i know uh sarah you have a get a load of this uh it's less of a get a load of this and more of a please share the burden of this knowledge um the latest internet trend that the kids are doing is the grimace birthday shake trend where instead of just like celebrating grimace's birthday they will shoot a short horror film of them drinking the shake and then they all act like they've been brutally murdered with the shake like bubbling out of their mouth is a requirement of this trend. Uh, it has been chasing me around the internet. It is very disturbing and I think someone's definitely going to get hurt doing it. But the kids, the kids love acting like they died to a grimace shake. You ever feel lame that all we did was like plank? Yeah, and like the Harlem Shake, like the kids are filming horror shows. They're directing, yeah, short films and stuff. There's there's some funny ones. I've seen some absurd ones. 
Uh, hey, get a little of this. This is a quick one. This this is actually quite old, but uh, it just made me laugh so hard. Uh, someone modded uh, Spider Man. They've they've done a ton of mods where they like let you play as different characters in Spider Man, and someone modded it where it's Uncle Ben's gravestone, and you just play as Uncle Ben's gravestone in Marvel uh, Insomniac Spider Man, and it's as stupid as it sounds. It's just a gravestone flying around, beating up bad guys, and swinging around the city. Uh, it's hilarious. Incredible. And heartbreaking. Uh, Kelsey, you ever get a load of this? Yeah, I get a load of this. Um, the Strong Museum of Play's new expansion will be open, I think, as at the time of this, uh, as of the time of you listening to this, I think, um, or maybe one day later. But the Strong Museum of Play is an awesome museum in Rochester, New York, and they have a new 90,000 square foot expansion that's basically all video games. So it's where they're putting their. Um, uh, video game hall of fame and a bunch of new exhibits uh there's one that's like uh becoming the main character in a life-sized video game there's like gonna be workshops and classes and all kinds of things and i think like a really really giant donkey kong arcade machine that like nintendo even helped consult on with them it's hmm. it's just very cool it's cool to see like some extreme museum dollars like very serious museum dollars going into a video game exhibit where is where is it again it's in Rochester, New York, so New York. upstate okay. New York. And cool. um, I was hoping to go to the opening, which I'm obviously not going to make it to, but I'm hoping to get there at least later this year. Uh, Jeff, do you have a get a load of this from the community? I do get a load of this. Uh, this was from Tan, uh, and it's a, U- a YouTube channel called Learn to Counter posted uh, the full show of Cybermania 94, the Ultimate Gamer Award. Um, okay. which is, I guess, predated the video game awards. Uh, but all it was also like executive produced by Jeff Keighley. It might have been like his first executive produced for a game awards. But it is so 90s uh, that you your brain will just melt. I was just clicking around in the comments. You know, people were hyperlinking different moments. First of all, it's it was uh, hosted by Leslie Nielsen and Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Classic combo <laughs> there. Uh, they okay. have they have a very young uh, uh, Matthew Perry is in it. They have Will Arnett doing a call in for some loud video game arcade and already hating his life. Uh, wait, wait, what year was this? Because that has to be 94. So that's yes. pre arrested development. Yes, right? it's I don't even know. If <laughs> it, I don't even think they said his name uh, when the when they went to him. It's and it it's got like wrestling gigs and all kind they they had a fake hillary clinton come on and they blew up her computer at the beginning which seems very like prescient for what would happen in the future it's it's <laughs> totally surreal uh and the best part is that the person who uploaded it left in all of the commercials as well so you oh, that's get great the full the full 90s experience cool well thank you again everybody i know i already tried to end the show once and you guys threw your hands in the air and said hold on there's more to this show you completely forgot uh but for real this time uh thank you so much for tuning in to the minmax show uh thanks everyone for coming on and being part of it and you know what i'm gonna say it now be good have fun let's go Ooh, did we it. did it lawless nailed it perfectly 